Hi, Iz. Welcome to the next episode of my podcast. I'm here in Tokyo, Japan. I just got here and it's like a couple of days later, but the first thing I did was uh, I got a chance to meet with a Japanese-based YouTuber who's an American guy called Jim and he runs a channel called Kid Shoruken. And he goes around, he's for 10 years, he's been going around making videos about doing the things I do, which is going to different secondhand stores and checking out what's there and talking about the games. And I really like his videos and I really like them as well because he started to talk about his life in Japan 10 years now. And I, the way he described integrating into Japanese culture, I thought was really interesting to compare to the way that I have integrated into Estonian culture over the same 10 years as well. Uh, so, and Jim is a super nice dude, always up for a chat. Uh, the, the, we did the interview like the day I arrived. So I'd been up for like 36 hours at this stage and I'd gone down to the 7-Eleven, slurped back a whole bunch of coffee. And we went, uh, and Jim took us to this really cool bar that his friend runs, which is like a retro games themed bar. There's all consoles everywhere, boxes, all kinds of cool stuff. It's really cramped because it's Tokyo and everything's cramped. And it was a really nice place to do it. And Jim and I, uh, God, we must have recorded for like two hours. And I think we knocked back four or five beers and a bunch of food over that time. Um, so yeah, he was a really nice guy to film with uh, and to record with. So I'm really happy that I was here and I was able to do that. Um, I, I apologize for the audio. I've got these lapel mics. Uh, that I'm recording with, like not prop, not our fancy new Comedy Estonia studio that we use. Uh, I've got these like cheap lapel mics from Amazon and I'm a bit bummed because I came to record this introduction the next day and one of them doesn't seem to work. I guess it's been bouncing around in the bottom of my bag here in Tokyo, which is a problem because if I own or want to record anymore and the way that I'm recording right now as I'm sitting in this little room on the outskirts of Tokyo where I'm staying and I have my hoodie kind of placed reverse like around the front of me to provide some sort of like so that it doesn't echo in the room. So I look like the weirdest dude right now sitting here talking into his hoodie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to do about that lapel. I've broken that other mic. I didn't really have anyone else lined up who I wanted to talk to, but I wanted to find a few people. Uh, so I'm going to work on that. So look, lesson kids, don't buy the cheapest shit off Amazon and then throw it in the back of your bag and walk around, uh, all day cause, uh, shit's gone break. Let's get on with the podcast. I think Jim's a really interesting dude. He's a super nice guy. He talks about, we talk mainly about his life in Japan and like how he came there. He was in the military at first, how he integrated, how he's like made a life for himself. Um, so that's kind of one half of it. And then the other one is the games and we're making his videos more than just the games, like how he became to be a YouTuber, how he built that up. Um, how did he start with it? Um, how is he keeping it going now? Like it's quite cool right now. He's got like 19,000 subs and got a quite a cool fan base. And there's people who help him on Patreon and through Patreon and some extra. So they make, they're donating money every month and he does a bit of translating work and then he's also got a sort of side business selling games to foreigners and, and, and posting them off. So and beyond all that, he's carving out a living. And I think that's rad, you know, like that he found a way, a unique way to uh, make his life. And that's cool because as I'm investigating and reading more about foreigners living in Japan, like so many of them 
talk about that all they can find a job in is translating. Uh, maybe if you're working in IT, sure, there's some international companies and you can get away with, with English, but the language barrier is so hard in Japan that many of them just, that's the only thing they can do. And you can feel people getting constricted and you can feel like this is a, a problem for expats. Um, so I think it's really cool that Jim came here and found his own way and his own unique life. And in the same way, I came to Estonia and all you savages have been so supportive of Comedy Estonia uh, that I've been able to find my own unique life as well here. So I am going to let it be. I'm going to take the hoodie off. I'm going to go downtown. I'm going to have some chicken, roast chicken ramen. I'm going to go into the Sega arcades. I'm going to play me some Street Fighter. Uh, and I'm going to walk around and have a beautiful day. It's sun shining here in Tokyo. I love it here. I'm having a good time. And I may still be a little bit jet lagged. I was up in the middle of the night for about four and a half hours. But who gives a fuck? It's time to get on with the day. So this is my interview with Jim Kidshoruken. Thank you very much for listening. Let's go. I will get to it later. I want to talk about your story with first and just like get to know you. Sure. I talk a little bit later about content creating and a little like I try to view it as like, well, how would I manage a comedian mm -hmm. and how would I grow a comedian? Right. And then look at like what you're doing with your career. And mm -hmm. I'm like, because I, I think it's you're an artist, right? You're, Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't stretch it that far, but I don't mind if you say yeah, it. There's creating something going on there. Right. And so I think a lot of the same ideas have to apply. I've even got, I got a friend of mine actually, to even extend that even further, I got a friend of mine who's getting into foot fetish stuff. Okay. So she, she's the one getting ah. her feet and that is like combined with dominant and submissive stuff and like, and it, it's really interesting for me because I have no interest in feet mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm really interested in it because there are dudes that love feet yeah. the way I love boobs. Right. Like I look at boobs, I go, oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know, that's, and there are dudes yeah, in this yeah, world who have feet, nothing yeah. but, yeah. And I have a friend of mine who's exploring this area mm -hmm. and getting real work and like getting real stuff as well as online right. things. And it's the same thing. I'm just applying what I know about <laughs> managing an artist. If yeah. I assume you're an artist, mm -hmm. how would I grow your career? And it's fascinating for yeah. me to do. Okay, sweet. So you're in with the foot fetish and the video games. <laughs> this That's is not it. the weirdest shit I've <laughs> associated with. You know, some of the, the, the crowds I ran with mm -hmm. out here, you wouldn't uh, So yeah, um, Musicians, drag queens, the whole, the whole nine. Oh shit. So let's, um, okay. I'm, I, I understand as a foreigner, mm -hmm. uh, you have told the story a trillion times. Yeah. And I've told the story as well, so I'm sick of it. But give us some overview of how you got to Japan and what's the course the quick, you know, that led you here and what's keeping you here. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I used to be in the United States Air Force mm -hmm. uh, where I was a medic. And uh, my first duty station was Germany. And I was there from 2008 to 2010, and uh, a position came up at Yokota Air Base, which is in the uh, neighborhood of Fusa, which is in West Tokyo. And I got a job there, and that's how I first came to Japan. So 
those first four years or so, like, w that was when I first became interested in doing YouTube and stuff, was just watching other people, and when I had some time on my hands, I was like, yeah, there's all these game stores and stuff. And how long ago was that? That was in 2010 when I first arrived. Okay, so that's a full 10 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. So already then you're thinking about the games, and you oh, games, okay, I bet you were yeah. already into it, but because, thinking about videos. Because before I came, um, kind of like as, you know, prep work, I guess, there was YouTube, so I was just watching... I guess like some J vlogs and stuff, but I was more interested in like gaming. So I was looking up gaming channels, and there weren't that many like um, located in Japan at the time. But I was watching like Luke Morris one, and uh, a couple of others, and they were doing things like going to Hard Offs and going to Akihabara and stuff like that. I was like, okay, well I'm definitely gonna do that when I get there. Um, so I got here. I was uh, stationed at Yokota Air Base until 2014, and uh, when it was time to leave, I, I had a girlfriend at the time. And we were talking about the possibilities of me getting out of the, out of the military within a year, and then coming back, and me going to school. Um, so I went back to the states for a year, and then came back to live with her, and was going to. I, first, I went to a school in Shinjuku called uh, Lakeland University, which is a U.S. campus based out of Wisconsin. Hmm. Uh, graduated from there, started going to Temple University in Azabu, which is based out of Philadelphia, and uh, I finished my B.A. in communications there. Uh, somewhere in the course of all that, I broke up with my girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> and, and moved into Tokyo. And um, after graduating, I got a job. And what's keeping me here is I just like it here. Nice. I don't really feel the need to leave. Um, I'm happy with all the stuff I'm doing right now. I'm happy with like my circle of friends, uh, whatever activities I partake in. I'm making a little bit of money, so that's always nice. And um, yeah, if I did leave, I'd probably just go home. And there's not a whole lot waiting for me at home. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just hang out here. You know, no uh, no, no real reason to uh, get me to move right now. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you. By the way, sorry, I wrote notes. Yes, nice. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Oh, it's not like I'll probably never look at them, yeah. but it's the process Come of writing prepared. the notes. Very yeah. professional looking. Uh, yeah, like I, I, that's. I was watching some of your recent videos. Where you'd be getting into like you're talking about your life and your thoughts and more than just the games and yeah. your, how you feel about Japan and all this stuff. And I liked your video. You said you've been here for ten years and. Uh, yeah, because I've, I've been in Estonia for about 10 years as well. And I feel the same. Like, I just like it there. Yeah. Which, for Estonian people, is the hardest thing to understand. <laughs> like, yeah. that is an incompatible answer. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you come to Estonia? Yeah. Like, I like it. Like, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Like it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't know what to do back home anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I used to work in IT mm -hmm. and more than 10 years ago. Or maybe, let's say 10. So, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Mm -hmm. No way. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've taken the tie off. I'm not going back to the corporate world. Right. So I'm like, I'm not sure what I would do in Australia, manage comedians there. Like, my life is there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my life, life is in Estonia now. Yeah, it's, it's the same here. I, um, like, when it, like, people who I've known, like, for, like, the entire 10 years, like, Japanese people, like, I had some friends that, like, when I, the, when I left in 2014, like, they gave me a little send-off. You know, we hung out, had a party at a bar and stuff. And, um... I was like, all right, well, I'm just taking off for now. I'll be back probably about a year or so. And they were like, all right, you know, take take it easy or whatever. And then when I did actually come back, like, some of them were like, That's, we didn't expect actually expect to ever <laughs> <laughs> see you again. Um, so, like, I don't know, it feels like um, people here understand, like, because, I don't know, like, Tokyo is pretty awesome it, for me. Like, I, I think mm. it's a great city, and it's just lots to do here. It's a great place to live. But there are a lot of people that do live here. They're like, oh, fuck, ah, I hate Tokyo. I'm miserable and shit. And, like, they seem like they understand why, like, tourists come to, like, hang out. But then they don't understand why anybody would, like, a lot of people would voluntarily, like, stay long term. They're like, oh, doesn't it, 
and you get like uh, like they, they take into account like language barriers and the cost and how much you have to work and all this kind of stuff and they're like oh because them they want to like almost all the Japanese people that I know want to go like somewhere else they're like fuck if I didn't have to live here I'd be living and they usually say somewhere like France or I'd go to California or Vancouver or something like that um, so yeah, that's always a, a thing because like, I grew up in Louisiana and I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there <laughs> But there are, like, plenty of people that, like, now it's, like, weird. Like, whenever I meet some, some people when I'm just hanging out, and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like, Louisiana. And they're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Oh, I always wanted to go to New Orleans and things like that. And so it's, like, wherever you are, it's, like, they say, like, you know, the grass is always greener. Yeah. Like, it, you could go anywhere in the world, and you'd be, like, desperate to get in, and somebody's desperate to get the fuck out. Mm. So, I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing. Yeah, I have that, that same feeling, because a lot of Estonians go to Australia, because it's one of the f like four countries they can get a working holiday visa for. Mm -hmm. Canada, Australia, and it's like the only warm one. Yeah. So loads of Estonians go to Australia and they can't fathom often why I would want to come to Estonia. And like, it's just that the grass is always greener somewhere yeah. else. It just so happens when I have to go from the warm place to the cold place to achieve that. Yeah. The wanting to do something different overrides yeah. weather. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a specific mindset that you have to have um, because especially when I was going to school um, I knew all you know people that would uh, come through and um, they would come for like the reasons of like oh well I like anime and video games and stuff so I just wanted to go to Japan some of them will come for like a one semester or something and um, a lot of them come here with like this weird like false image in their head of what it's gonna be like and then it's like totally shattered I think they call it Paris syndrome actually because it happens to a lot of Japanese people that really romanticize like Paris and France. Oh, and, like, that's French what it's culture. called in Japanese culture, Paris syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So they go to Paris wow. and like, oh, this is kind of kind of a shithole. And, yeah. And, right, and so like their whole like weird little fantasy world they built up in their head is shattered. And I've seen that happen to people who have come here as well. Um, in particular, when I started going to school in Shinjuku, I met a guy on the orientation day, and he was like, oh, how long have you been here? I was like, oh, four years or so, give or take. And, and uh, he had been here for like three days or something. And um, I was like, what brought you here? And he was like, oh, you know, I just love anime and video games, so I want to come, like, pot like live here or whatever. And I think it was from, like, Seattle. But um, he after that semester he left, like, he was just, like, bitching about how, oh, man, they're so racist, you know, I lost so much respect for the culture and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's like, I don't know, you have to have a mindset that... Um, uh, I don't know. I guess it's like a certain level of like, because you know when you live abroad, there's all kinds of shit you deal with. You have to be comfortable with being an outsider. You have to be you know comfortable dealing with like language barriers and shit like that. And how like there might be some some people might have some kind of like ignorant perception of you and things like that. And you have to really just not give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and some people just cannot not give a fuck. They give a fuck about everything, and so they're always miserable. And they they show up and then they bail, and uh, that's them. But I, I think was, I had that that same. It's funny that you had that same experience because I, the reason I think that I've done so well uh, living in Estonia, well, let's say I'm still there after 10 years, yeah. is because I failed in two countries before that. <laughs> so I did my time. And I think that exact thing that you talk, the Paris syndrome, yeah. I had that in Sweden. Really? So my friends and I, first traveling in 2006, we're backpacking around Europe, doing that thing. 
and I just knew I didn't want to go home. That's mm-hmm. what kept me going. Yeah. Was just knowing I'm not going back, but right. not knowing where I should be. Yeah. And I landed in Sweden because they offered me, I was still doing IT work, so they offered me a really good job yeah. in an off, a Swedish office that looked like a stock photo. Mm-hmm. And that's how tall and beautiful these Swedish people look. Right. And I went, and they showed me this, so many zeros, even with Swedish crowns, so many zeros at the end of my pay. And I went, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to stay in this place. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I, I came because I love blonde women and meatballs and Volvos. Right. And I thought, hey, every, this is it. And I thought, hey, I'm Lewis. I meet loads of people. I'm an outgoing yeah. guy. I meet like five people a day, right on. Right. And I don't think I talked to anyone in like two months or something. Really? And, you know, no, I, I was finding it hard to socialize. And yeah. for them, for, for Sweden, it was that I think that the Swedish people act very differently outside of Sweden mm-hmm. than they do inside of Sweden. When you okay. see them all in Thailand and like, yeah, we are cool, yeah, we are yeah, drinking yeah. and party, and then yeah. they, they're all, uh, but inside of Sweden, they're actually quite isolated yeah. and insular, and and so I had that wrong, like like you said, that wrong expectation of what it meant, yeah. and so yeah, I got my ass kicked with you know within three months of not making friends, not getting into it, and I had to then I got my ass kicked again, well, kind of in Finland, and yeah. then finally I understood, okay, this is, I understood, and I then I also understood, don't do it for a woman. Oh yeah, do it for yourself. Absolutely, uh. absolutely. Um, that's um, because, like, yeah, I say, like, I came back to like live with my girlfriend and stuff like that. But honestly, that probably would have been on the table. Like, I probably would have come back anyway, yeah, okay. just because like I was having a good time, like chilling out. And I had, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know, like, <laughs> all my teenage years and stuff. I was like really nerdy and stuff like that. Never had like a lot of, you know, but like. Whenever I like came here, I kind of like felt like I could just like cut loose because I was like having fun and shit. Mm. And I was like in my twenties and I was like in great shape and I had like money in the in my pocket and shit. So I was like fucking a party and shit. So like those my twenties were pretty badass. So like <laughs> I wasn't like coming off of like something like man I got to slow down or I need to fucking you know. Uh. I came in and I was like man this is pretty sweet. I guess I'll <laughs> keep doing this. Um, but yeah, and just and not to be like too, <laughs> but. Like, I think it's really difficult to get Paris syndrome when you grow up, like, somewhere, like, really shitty. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, kind of because, I mean, I don't want to, like, knock it too hard, but, like, my hometown, there is, um, it was recently featured on, like, it's some show, a, a TV show on, like, Showtime or HBO or something. I forget even what the fucking name of it was, <laughs> but the name of my town is Jennings, Louisiana, mm. and it was recently featured on a, a TV show. It got its own series, as a matter of fact. Focusing on all the unsolved murders <laughs> in the town, so like that's kind of where I grew up, where there's just like lots of meth and unsolved murders and a corrupt police force, like so bad that it ended up on like cable TV. So like, oh man, people will find it intriguing. They'll look at this place and they'll feel like so much better about wherever it is they live. Um, so when you grow up somewhere like that, like you're not gonna get Paris syndrome. Yeah. Like I joined the military to get the fuck out. Which my dad did the mm. same thing actually when he was 18 years old. He joined the military because, like, he would rather he would have rather gone to Vietnam <laughs> than stay there. <laughs> we know how great Vietnam was yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really loved by the troops. Party. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, when he was eighteen, he was like, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> he was just, he was out, and uh, I kind of did the same thing. I was like, "Fuck this." And compared to there, like, I went. Uh, my basic training was in San Antonio. Then my technical schooling was in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And then my first duty station was in uh, Germany hmm. at a Rammstein Air Base. Oh, no shit. Bad yeah. Ass, so yeah. I was like, cool. So like, there I was. Like, I went from like Jennings, Louisiana, and then oh, you're magically whisked away to Europe. 
And so while I was there, I went to like all you know all these neighboring countries and stuff like that, and I got to go see like fucking Paris and and Bruges and Amsterdam and all this cool shit, all these journeys, you know, just yeah. like having a great time. And then I got to come to Tokyo, and I was like, man, this is this is still great. fucking sweet. What attracted you to being a medic? Nothing. It was uh, <laughs> it was totally totally uh, chance actually. And I'll tell this um, uh, when I was um, no uh, as. Uh, a teen, one of my best friends, he joined the Air Force right out of high school, and he got a job. It's a crypto linguist, which is like working in intelligence. Basically, okay. you go to this place called the Presidio in California, and you spend spend like a year and some change just intensely studying a language they've selected for you. Uh, in his case, it was like Mandarin Chinese, okay. and his wife that he met there spoke Russian. Um, so it seemed like a pretty sweet deal like all he like talking to him afterwards he was like i just sit in an office and like translate things and listen to stuff and he was like i don't really do shit and i was like that sounds pretty sweet because once he got out of the air force well you speak fucking yeah, chinese you can go work do something um so i originally went in with having that in mind to do that so you have to get a minimum score on the entrance uh which is the asvab which um tests all kinds of aptitudes to go into the military so I, I cleared the, the threshold for that, and then you have to take a secondary test called the DLAP, which is, in the test, they just make up a totally hypothetical language. They explain all the rules to you, huh. and then they just start saying things and stuff, and you have to pick up what's being said just by the, the information they give you. To prove your aptitude for languages. Yeah. yeah. And I cleared the bar on that, too. So huh. when I went into the military, um, the plan was for me to be a crypto-linguist and uh, work in military intelligence. Um, well, I was a, a bit of a Nazi boy when I was a teenager, uh, so I had a, a few arrests on my record and things like that. Um, so while I was there at basic training, it kind of came to light that oh, you did all this stuff. We can't trust you with uh, okay. national secrets. I couldn't get the security clearance because you're a stupid kid. Yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. trust you with the national secrets. So, yeah, I yeah. Can't go, yeah. So I couldn't get the security clearance for that yeah. job. So they just whatever there was an opening for. And typically, medical work, uh, thankfully, they reserve that for the people who have, like, that, <laughs> I guess, uh, prove themselves to be a little bit smarter. Okay. Uh, so they were like, you know what? Fuck it. You're going to be a medic. <laughs> and I was, and at, the, I, at that point, I was just like, I was so fucking sick of basic training, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to do, get me the fuck out of here. So I was like, uh, fine, fuck it. I'm a medic. Cool. I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, so that's, yeah. <laughs> there, it was, there was no passion for medical work involved. It just sort of fell into my lap. And uh, since then, I, uh, unless it's for a checkup or something, I haven't stepped foot in a fucking hospital. <laughs> if I never see one again, okay. uh, it'll be too soon. I mean, I was uh, an administrator for a, um, a general surgery clinic where we, a lot, most of what was done there was like colonoscopies and shit. And so I was like, all right, all right if I never have to do this again, that'll okay, be we're cool. done with this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, and so after the military, then you still wanted to... To come back here there was still but how did you then what were the first bits of integration because i mean you've, you're, you're young mm -hmm. you've got this hubris you're like yeah i'm gonna get into it i'm gonna make it out you know i'm yeah. going out like and some don't some people don't have that you know yeah. and will have this wrong expectation or they don't know how hard it is to integrate in a new society right, yeah, right. and every culture is going to be a little bit different how right. you get in with them and how you do it mm -hmm. i mean for you was it just was it just an enthusiasm and your willingness to party yeah. made enough circle of friends or was there something else you it, 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 that must have been it because 
it a lot of it was was that the joy of just just being here hanging out there's like so much shit to do and like i said i have my friends friends in various backgrounds uh musicians uh comedians uh drag queens of I some mean, japanese renown. or foreign japanese and foreign okay. just i know a lot of fucking people yeah that's cool and man. Yeah, um yeah. And also, like, I was enjoying doing YouTube, like, and yeah. I wanted to keep that up, and I felt like there was just more potential to do fun stuff with it here versus going home to yeah. Jennings, Louisiana or something, <laughs> where, like, honestly, if I did that, I would probably have to do what a lot of fucking people do and just, like, switch over to, like, oh, man, controversial oh. Uh, drama and did you hear the news and shit like that, like, if I wanted to, like, maintain an audience. Maybe potentially. Maybe I'm selling myself Doesn't short. Say, yeah, I I don't want to. We can get into the YouTube shit later, sure, right? And sure. Full on content creation. Right. Yeah, but no. Look again. Not like I'm super Japanese. I've been here a few times. Okay, right on. Not right. like I super. I'm not trying to claim like I'm I'm OG with what's going on here. Right. But when you just see those guys who are just sitting in Australia or America making those videos, mm. and they they I found one Game Boy game at the porn <laughs> shop, and yeah, you're yeah. like, and I made a video about it, yeah. and you're like. Uh, hmm. Work with what you got, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess. That I don't mind so much. Um, no, it's just there's certain kinds of... There's certain shit. Mostly it's just the drama shit. Like, yeah. people who use other people's names to try to get themselves over. Like, claiming to, like, I fucking hate this person or some, some shit like that. But that person's likeness is in your thumbnail and their name is in the title of your video. Are and you talking hashtag. about the immortal John Hancock? Well, not just him. Today, I mean, there's... It, sure, it, it, there's a shit ton of people like him where because they have a presence on YouTube there's n no end to the pricks that are just going to use their name and likeness to try to get themselves over and uh, I, I, it, it just sucks because you use somebody else's popularity and uh, notoriety and their success to kind of like you, you're trying to hitch a ride on that shit mm. but instead of doing it in a way that like most people do by like just kissing some ass like hey I'll ride your but instead you're like you're doing you're basically doing the same thing you're riding people's coattails but the whole time you're doing it you're calling them a dick right and it, it pieces on yeah them. yeah and so like uh, I don't care for that at all I think that's the bottom of the barrel that's worse than reaction channels and shit what um, I I try not to get into all the social media shit because mm -hmm. it's terrible and I, I you're right about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What got me recently, though, I couldn't help get it out of my head recently, was the incident... Um, I'll, I guess I'll explain for everybody listening. So now we're going to talk about retro games. Oh, right. Now we're... Now, okay, we'll let, <laughs> we inevitably wanted that. I guess you're going to know this story, but I'll explain it to everybody, and you can fill in the blanks for me. Can that you? it's the guy who did the translation of the Japanese game and used Tranny in the translation. Oh, okay. And, and so there was a... With a lot of these old retro games, uh, to explain for people listening, uh, sometimes not every game was brought to the West, or every there's a lot of Japanese games that were left in Japanese and weren't cool games that were never put into English and sold in the West. And there's a great community out there of people who will take the old retro games, get into them, decompile them, and and work out how to put English over the top instead, and essentially what's called a ROM hack and make an English version of it, and they do it not getting paid and they have some technical skills to know how to update the game but they a lot of their work is a translation and in this one game that one uh, prominent on oh, anyway like well-known respected translator was doing um, it's a, a Jap a game released only in Japan on the Super Nintendo in 1991 and they use the Japanese word for tranny mm -hmm. 
and that uh, and he just directly translated. He just sort of didn't. He just went, "Yep, cool. That's and that is correct. He's not embellishing. He's not taking it over the top. That is that word for that. That was yeah. used better or for better or for worse. We're not trying to say that's good, but that was you know if you view it in the context of 1991 Japan only. Yeah. And also, let's keep in mind. We've got mostly Estonians mm-hmm. listen to this shit. We have no <laughs> political correctness in Estonia. Okay, okay there's no cancel. With 1.3 million people in a country, you can't have cancel culture. Yeah, pretty there's much. no one it's to replace no them with. No country anymore. So the Estonians at least get the idea that, okay, Japan, mm. insular Japan in yeah. 91 is a very different place yeah. to the world in 2020. And yeah, some people online viciously attack this guy. Mm-hmm. And there was no dialogue about it there was like you said a slur you said there was like literally just like you said tranny yeah and like he's like can we talk about this yeah you know and we're like no 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 there's no discussion Mm -hmm. you said tranny have i missed out some important details of the story no that that about sums it up (laughs) i mean um but it's like you said there it's uh contextual and mm. context is something that is lost on i won't even say a lot of people because twitter is not a lot of people Twitter is not, I don't think tw- um, the quote-unquote Twitter mobs are a representation of um, the general public. Sure. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's contextual. I mean, in that context, would that character, that person, like, say, tranny? If they would, then fucking A, put it there. I don't want some fucking, I mean, I don't know necessarily the kind, like what character it was coming out of or something like that. But it would be like, like for like Final Fantasy VII or some shit like that. Like if uh, the character of Barrett who was well known for like having a, a trash mouth and just all the swears and shit like that. Mm. But if like there was, they, if somebody did some other kind of update to that and totally changed the way he spoke or something, like changed the entire context of mm. that character, like that would be stupid. So if the kind of character saying tranny is the kind of character that would say tranny, then fucking A, like that's Because that's, the, that's the thing that's not in dispute. It's yeah. not in dispute yeah. that tranny is basically is, is the translation of said. that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like this guy hasn't made it up. Yeah. He's not like embellishing yeah. or, or adding any yeah. content to it. So, no, I mean, uh, I feel like I think, I think a lot of people feel just fucking busybodies on Twitter that yeah. just wait for somebody to say something that they don't care for, or even if they don't necessarily care for, because I think a lot of it is disingenuous. I think uh, uh, plenty of people don't really give a fuck. They just like wait for that thing that they can fucking pounce on. It's mm. almost like um, like a mania of some sort. Like uh, there's something fucking wrong with some mm. people um, that take offense to like such a degree, even at something like that. Like as you would say, like video games are like art. So like this is the context of the fucking right, the yeah. thing, you know. And so this is what it is. Um, so I think either some something's wrong with some people, or they're fucking like fishing for like points, like yeah. like brownie points, and like oh look look what I did today, I fucking trashed this fucking this little lowly fucking game translator who was translating this old ass fucking game that nobody cares about, and almost nobody's gonna play. Mm. Um, so even Disney, as much as I, we don't have Disney Plus in Estonia, right? But as much as I understand, Disney Plus has the old cartoons. They just put the, hey guys, you know. There's a, uh, yeah, yeah we, what, what do they call it? A disclaimer. A, uh, yeah, or a um, the, the, a trigger warning. Yeah, trigger yeah. warning. Like, we have not censored this. Yeah. We have left this here as a reflection of the time yeah, yeah. that they were created in. Yeah. No one's getting triggered over that. Or maybe people are not listening no, no, well, to it. I'm not I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, but it's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> so who cares? Huh. Um, it's kind of like, and I think, I don't think I'm 
that's an uncommon opinion. Like, I think I have yeah. an opinion that a lot of people have, which is who fucking cares? Mm. Like, there's so much other shit going on. <laughs> there's, like, really important shit probably happening in your life. So most people, like, with this thing, they said tranny in a video game. Most people don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, they said this in an old Disney cartoon. Most people don't fucking care. It's just, like, there's kind of, like, a weird fake, like, oh, man, people are really outraged and stuff. But that's coming from people who spend their fucking lives on Twitter. Like, most people don't give a shit what any mm. fucking, oh, I got a blue check mark or whatever. Like, no one cares. Nobody really cares what you <laughs> think about any of this shit. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's uh, unfortunate that a handful of assholes will have some kind of um, negative reaction to a translation or a cartoon or a joke or something. And that's extrapolated to such a degree that we, oh my god, the entire society is blowing up over this. No, it's just a few pricks on Twitter. Who cares? How do you... Um how do you deal with that? Because I, I think, yeah, I, I think this is common in the video games community, or at least that these subsections. And I, I thought it was more common in the video games community. I've been told not. I've been told this happens in every subgenre and every sort of sub community mm -hmm. out there. Um, but I, I kind of thought it happened more with video games because you've got a lot of little OCD nerds mm -hmm. who are just going, no, 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 no. Yeah. I am no. This is what I do. When I watch your videos, um, I find that, I mean, I don't find controversy in your videos, yeah. and which is important because, again, I think this community is particularly easily triggered. And you have a very, I mean, you, you, you have a calm way of speaking mm -hmm. and you don't seem to court controversy. Right. I mean, have you consciously thought about that, about the way you're dealing and um, the community like that? I mean, it's hard to be controversial when you're fucking just, like, looking for video games. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, what am I going to say? Like, in the middle of, like, oh, I'm going to hard off and I'm going to go look for these old games and you start spewing racial slurs. <laughs> and just, like, I don't know. There's no call for it. Um, so, no, I'm not, like, actively trying to, like, be non-controversial or anything. It's just, like, I don't think I have a whole lot of controversial opinions. Mm. And... Uh, when it, and especially when it comes to like YouTube, like I want, I want to have an audience. So I'm not gonna start. I don't want to like turn a whole bunch of fucking people off with all of my fucking, like sitting here talking to another person in a bar. I'll share whatever opinion I have on sure. this social issue or that political thing or whatever. But um, my YouTube channel is not the space for that. I fucking talk about video games and arcades and and, and and shit like that. And like, why the fuck would I derail that? You know, with some you know talk about what I think about the president or who said mm. this and that kind of shit like that like and and, and then again uh, a, a lot of it is is I don't have a lot of strong opinions on a lot of things because I just I don't give a shit <laughs> because I'm kind of more wrapped up and just kind of enjoying my my life mm. like just right you've got I, a real life to yeah, enjoy. yeah so like all this other shit that's pouring in I look at him yeah, I don't mm. give a fuck like when I was, it was funny because in 2016 I was at school and I was in some kind of, uh, the class I was in, I don't even remember what the fucking class it was, it was like a history of like civil uprisings or something like that, but the professor was a political science professor. So this was just after the presidential election in 2016, so I forget what channel it was, but they had um, a news crew at our school talking to American students, and they okay. wanted feedback on it. So they went to that class specifically because that professor was like the ranking professor on, on shit like this, right? So they interviewed him, but um, that class was like half Japanese students, and the other half was American and other various countries. And so he was like, hey, they're going to conduct this interview. If anyone has time after class, 
um, you know, they want to talk to at least you know two students, two American students, and ask get their perspectives on uh, the presidential election and whatnot. And so, it was, there no hands were going up. So, but it was me and another guy. He was from New York City. I'm from the Deep South. So right, you you feel yeah. like you're going to get two different perspectives, mm. and you really didn't <laughs> uh, because he was like, "Oh fuck, I don't know." Uh, <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> no one's uh, you know, there's all this rhetoric and shit mm. flying around during elections. I just hope all that shit can be quelled and they can just get on to being and like I think they were hoping for like some kind of strong opinion, like "fuck Trump" that's what I want. Or, yeah. or "oh, this is a fuck," you know. And uh, he was like, I don't know, I hope it turns out okay. And then they interviewed me, and I kind of gave him the same response. I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I fucking, I, I hope for the best. I don't really have a strong opinion on this. I don't give a shit. Um, and that's how I am on a, lot of, on a lot of issues. Like, I don't have a strong opinion. Like, you do you, I'll do me. I'm kind of like a strong libertarian in that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I don't really give a fuck what you do. Yeah, sure. I'm like, I will not violate any right that you have, and you will not violate, violate mine, and everyone will be cool. So I don't really give a fuck. Because it might already be that you, uh, that uh, if the two of you are already living in a significantly different culture in a foreign country, yeah. actually you may already, like the super crazy people, yeah. no, they're the ones that sit at home yeah. in their town on Twitter all day. They're not actually the ones yeah. who are traveling the world or yeah. at least making an effort to go and live somewhere, study so. somewhere, integrate. Yeah. I think so. But even with... Um, some of the videos you've been doing that I quite like where you talk about your life and about Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you talk about culture and someone else's culture mm-hmm. that um, can be opened up to people criticizing that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thank- very extremely thankful in Estonia that I have a unique platform because people know who I am a little bit. Mm-hmm. been doing this comedy thing for a while and they know I'm a comedian and you know I can say a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it is about credibility in a way that if people know who I am they know the comedy work that I've done they know some of the contributions I've made then when I start slagging off somebody or making a joke like yeah. it's alright because we actually know oh what he's done mm-hmm. but if you're just putting your stuff out there on YouTube and it's making comments about somebody else's culture that can be yeah. you know, really open to interpretation it, but yeah. It could be, but again, I don't think I have like really controversial opinions yeah, on that okay. kind of thing. I um, fully understand and accept the fact that people grow up with different ideas, different perspectives. Um, but I'm a firm. I if there's a philosophy I hold, mm-hmm. is that people are basically good. Mm-hmm. Like so, whether it's someone who grew up in Japan or Louisiana or wherever the fuck you grew up. For the most part, people are just going to be like, pretty cool. They're going to be pretty chill, you know, have a beer, hang out, whatever. They'll have some, like, different perspectives on, like, um, I don't know, whatever the fuck, like, the language you use or the the things you eat or your religious practices or some shit like that. Um, But mostly, people are not going to be pricks, so there's no need to be, like, you can just, like, kind of accept... When you have that mentality of like, mm. hey, people are basically good, then you don't really give a fuck about people's like foibles, like the little yeah. quirks that come with all these cultural differences. Like, those are not the most important things. The most important thing is just, uh, you know, fucking hanging out, you know? Just <laughs> like, I don't know how, I, I don't really know how to articulate that very well, but uh, just not being a dick is yeah, kind of right. the most important thing. Yeah, okay, not being a dick. And most people, that's a philosophy that is kind of universal. 
not obviously it's not universal because there mm -hmm. are dicks in the world right. but most people are not dicks and so whatever it is that they're doing different from you it's not really a big deal when you consider that fact yeah so, and they just you know everybody it's cool just be cool man i still think yeah right you have that attitude let's be cool and there's a certain i don't know so we get another beer yeah sumimasen yeah, another. I wanted again another one of your videos that you were talking about when you you came to Japan and you were talking about how you viewed Japan ten years ago, right? And um, I, I don't, for lack of a worry you were having about how to integrate, yeah. how would they see you? Mm -hmm. And uh, you were speaking back then that you were sort of worried, like, oh, will you offend people, or yeah, are yeah. you? I don't know, do brutish or something like yeah, that yeah. to over the top for people. Mm. And I was really interested in that because, and then you spoke that you've come to terms with that and you know that. And I was interested in, in comparing that to my experience because I came into Estonia 10 years ago and just started yelling at people. Uh -huh. And that's what I did. I stood on coffee tables and yelled at a whole bunch of people. Right. And they, turns out they were into that. And there were other people that want to yell and were all big and loud and, nice. you know, did something. And I like that you, you know, took, I mean, it's all, a reflection of what the culture wanted like right. japan wanted or wanted with that and i kind of think somewhere in the end estonians actually wanted someone to get on a table and yell at them <laughs> a little bit right um but tell us about that i mean recount for the people listening who haven't seen your other video about how you felt when you first came to japan and how that is now about integrating in japanese culture yeah well like when i first got like i'd never been to japan i didn't really know much about japanese culture per se arigato um Thank you. So, I didn't, I guess that was, yeah, it was a concern of mine, especially like when you're in the military, you have an extra concern because you, it's, it feels like, well, it doesn't feel like it. you're told this expressly, like, do not do anything that would reflect poorly mm. on the United States Air Force or the government and shit like that. Like, you're, you're held to that. Ooh. that Cheers. You're held to that fucking standard, so that's it's always like in your mind. Ah, it's an extra factor drummed into your head, not just your own expectations, mm, mm. but the military's ones on you as well. And to be fair, some people just eschew all of that, and they're just pricks <laughs> anyway. It's the loudest, most obnoxious pricks I've ever known in my life are all in the military. Yeah. I didn't really give a fuck how they reflected <laughs> on the United States military. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, for that first little while, I was walking on eggshells a little bit because... For whatever reason, I was uh, like, I don't know, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Asians all have a stick up their ass, and, <laughs> and you better, you better mind your p's and q's, Buster, because someone's gonna get, you know, take offense or something. Like that. Because I don't, you know, I guess I'd always thought that Japanese culture was like a very, very like particular kind of culture, and they valued more than anything like conformity and all, you know, things like that. And to a certain extent, that's true, but not to the extent where it's like everybody's like robotic or anything and uh, I, I learned that lesson over time by just hanging out and getting drunk with people I guess okay. um, so I mean you have to be social in order to get to know your local population right you can't mm -hmm. be like oh fuck well I don't speak the language and I'm just, you know. no like regardless of like your level of like proficiency in the language something, just get out there and it, it, it takes a, a level of openness I guess and um, maybe there are like some people that don't have that some you know some people are just find it very hard maybe, yeah 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 to, they're, they're not you know social butterflies per mm. se because uh, it I, isn't a work it is a work i think like an effort and you yeah. have to even if you don't feel like it like yes i will go out yes, yes i will integrate yes you, i will you have to make an effort and it's not like just working on something but it's 
making an effort to be like social and mm. sociable um, can be difficult for, for some people. Mm. And uh, my social lubricant was that alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time in those, those early years, I spent a lot of time hanging out in bars and clubs and stuff and just girlfriends coming and going and hanging out with people and getting to know fucking all the kind of people I know now, musicians and, and, and fucking comics, crazy motherfuckers and all, all this kind of shit. How old were you when you first came to Japan? 23. 23, okay, so 23 that's prime. That's, so yeah. I came here, this is kind of how quick it was. Uh, I got here, I think it was that July, I was 23. By the, my birthday is October 1st. Mm. So by October 1st, I had gotten to the point where for my 24th birthday, uh, I had a birthday party in a bar, which was my favorite live house at the time, where some friends of mine, uh, all of them were in a band, and so like we had live music, and I had maybe like a dozen people show up, and the mm. barmaid made me a cake, but she, she made it out of like rice, and it was like a, it was like <laughs> Japanese style birthday cake. She said so it was like rice and fish and veggies and stuff, <laughs> everything. So I had live music and a, a bar full of people and cake and everything. Uh, inside of like four or five months, maybe. Hmm. So I, I just made an effort to get out, meet people, be friendly, and uh, don't be fucking weird. Don't hide in yeah, your right. fucking apartment or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that kind of that overcomes all of that cultural shit. It's just that hanging out, getting some drinks, having a party, doing all that cool shit. When you're doing all that, all that other kind of shit just kind of leaves your mind, and you're more intent on just you know hanging out, being cool. Meeting people, you know, that's mm. yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what did it for me. Kind of got me over that like fear of being so out of place. Was just like getting drunk with it's people great. and hanging out. And it's out. interesting that it was like you said, it was a pretty reasonable mix yeah. of uh, Japanese people and foreigners. Yeah, not just living in that foreigner world. Yeah, because yeah. I see that a little bit. You can't not so much in Estonia because we're too small. You can't just live in a foreigner world. Yeah. A little bit, I don't know, we're slowly getting, like, dude, literally, like, a couple of years ago, we literally had, like, five black guys in the whole country. Oh. Like, <laughs> this is small. We were... Uh, the, the ref yeah, with the refugee crisis, they had, I don't know, some yeah. various levels of refugee crisis the politicians always create. Right, right. But a couple of years ago, I think they... We got a whole right-wing racist party elected to parliament mm -hmm. based off the back of 26 immigrants. Holy shit. <laughs> no. And so, oh my god. It's a slippery slope. Now. I know, who knows, the 27th, that will be yeah. the downfall of the country. And then, so I guess they had to put them into a, I don't want to say, like like some, uh, they need to give them shelter and look after them. And this got put out to contract. Yeah. Basically, it seems it went to the lowest bidder, mm -hmm. or the high, no, the lowest bidder, yeah. And so they ended up... Instead of integrating the 26 foreigners in the big city where, or the, the capital city where they might actually, I don't know, find, be able to, I don't know, make a restaurant or yeah. do something or find that, they put them in a bumfuck town in the middle of Estonia where there was probably a thousand people. Yeah. So you've got a thousand white people yeah. who have never, I swear to God, half these people have never even seen a black person before. And that doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. They've just, they Isolated. can legit never have seen a black person before. Right. And they go, we'll just stick the 26 immigrants there. Yeah. That's a great idea for integration. And what you end up with is like a fucking little pocket community inside uh, of that community. Yeah, half of them fucked off already. Half of them... Well, then there's a problem that half of them fucked off to, to Germany because you can just move through Europe yeah. 
in the Schengen zone. Yeah. So then they all took off. Um, yeah, so we're not... So, so yeah, that was my point. You mm. can't live in a foreigner world. No. Or an ex... Maybe... And that's the ex, thing, though. Yeah. When you're in the military, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, right. Because a military base is essentially like a little gated community. Yeah, yeah, So on that base, it's like you got... American products, mm -hmm. and you can go like you can just fucking. If you never want to, you never have to eat anything other than fucking Taco Bell and chilies and shit. And um, so and this time you're 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 still in the military, right? Yeah, this yeah. example you just gave the camera twenty three, yeah, the twenty fourth birthday. At that time, I'm military. I'm living on Yokota Air Base. Wow. Okay. Um, but after work's over, basically do whatever the fuck I want. Hmm. So work's over. I wasn't so interested in just hanging out on the base all the time because yeah, right. I thought it was fucking boring. Um, I wanted to go out and hang out and see what's what. And uh, my first day here, I got off the plane and, uh, you know, whenever you come to a new base, you get a sponsor. And it's kind of their responsibility to help you get acclimated to wherever it is you are, answer any questions you have, help you arrange um, your lodging at the start and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, luckily, my, my sponsor, who was a guy named Mike Koble, a cool-ass dude, um, he uh, re was really cool to me, and luckily he was a bit of a nerd as well. So that my first weekend here, I went to, I came to Akiba. Oh shit! Yeah, he was really into ten years ago as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was really into building uh, PCs and stuff. So he would come here to pick up parts and things like that. And he just he liked the area, and he was some percentage Japanese as well, like a quarter Japanese or something. Um, but he so he liked Akiba anyway. So uh, he brought me here my first weekend, and. Uh, yeah, and went and fucking bought a Super Famicom and, nice. and uh, a few games for it and stuff. But like, as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, let's do some shit. Let's go yeah. fucking hang out. My first day, he took me around, drove me around, stuff. We went and got some fucking ramen. It was off the chain. Took me. He was like, here's the station, everything like that. Mm -hmm. That first weekend, he showed me how to navigate the trains and stuff. Um, so yeah, from from day one, I was like, I want to I want to do some shit. I want to have some fun. Let's let's see what the fuck this Japan thing is all about. Mm. Uh, and some people are not like that at all. Yeah. I, I had the misfortune of hanging out with some of those fucking dorks right. on fucking like New Year's. I remember one year, we took this dude and his fiance who was visiting, and he had like, I think his mom with him or something like that. But it was like New Year's Eve, so me and my friend who were like, total fucking drunks, <laughs> like we went out to Rapongi to go fucking watch the year change on the Tokyo Tower and oh, just yeah. like party all night and stuff. And uh, we got there early, so we're like, yeah, let's go fucking hang out at a bar. Let's go <laughs> do something. We went and found a bar. Bar had like a, a 2,000 yen cover charge, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, we had these fucking people with us and like, I didn't know they were lame. So like, I just, <laughs> hey, they're, they're gonna be cool. Everybody's, you know. So I was like, hey, uh, we just found this place. We can go chill in here while we wait. You know, there's like a 2,000 yen uh, cover charge. He's like, 2,000 yen? It's almost all the money in my pocket, man. And I was like, what? I was like, uh. So like, I don't know. We went and hung out in that bar. And these people basically just went and sat in a McDonald's or something. What? It, was, it was lame. And then uh, I did. A, I saw some other people that I knew. So like at some point in the night, I just kind of like ditched these people. Like, just, so some people are like that. They just fucking... When they're they're in a military base in a foreign country, they hardly ever leave the base, and, and they they suck. I don't know. They never they don't get the full experience, which is you know too bad for them. But I was not going to be one of those people. Yeah, right. Yeah, in Estonia you can't really, or may, may, maybe you can right now. I'm not sure. I don't tend to only. On one hand, I kind of I guess I kind of big myself up and go like, oh, I don't I don't hang out with the expats. Yeah. You know. But on the other hand, the 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 wild card that everyone will always use against me and I'll always have is that I don't speak 
Estonia. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to work out when I was thinking about our conversation today about how we would talk about this. And I, because I always find inventive ways to justify this to everybody. Right. Because everyone loves giving me shit. Every, everybody knows I don't speak Estonian. Yeah. And everyone loves giving me shit about it. Right. That's fine. Okay, right on. Um, and at first I tried to justify it to myself. I was like, well, you know, I've worked a lot in the comedy field. May, you know, that's my contribution. Mm -hmm. Do you want me? I was too busy organizing stand-up comedy shows. Yeah, yeah. Did you want me to say a few lines in Estonian? Or did you want me to, you know, actually yeah. make a real difference? Did you want me to start a revolution? Revolution, yes, now you were getting that. Say, so, yes, now my man's speaking my words here. Uh, but then again, I started to think about, now you said, if I understood, you said you speak conversational Japanese. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Like for those, yeah, while I was in the military, it's basically you kind of teach yourself, essentially. Um, a lot of dudes, actually this is a funny thing, is that a lot of military guys, when they, they uh, speak Japanese, you think of military dudes as being fairly rough, fairly masculine yeah. fellows, um, but a lot of them when they speak Japanese, it's a common comment by Japanese people that they speak like women. It's because most of them learn Japanese from their girlfriends. Ah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, at the time, I, my Japanese was whatever I was teaching myself and whatever I was uh. picking up from my friends. And we would just sort of, like, meet in the middle. Because most of my friends, uh, even still today, most of my Japanese friends, their English is pretty pretty minimal. Sure. Um, so you have to... But uh, eventually, like, when I started going to school, I did study Japanese in university um, up to, uh, like, the second intermediate class and then I had I was in the, an advanced course and I, I bailed on it because it was like too fucking hard and it wasn't <laughs> this wasn't enough class time I was like I'm not gonna teach myself here you gotta mm. actually teach me um, so yeah my, my, my Japanese is, is, is fairly conversational um, to the point where I get by and um, when I do hang out with my friends that don't speak much English we we do pretty fine like it's what right, yeah. because most Japanese people study English mm. at least to some extent in public schools and things like that so I use as much Japanese as I can, and uh, so far so good. I would definitely love to like speak better Japanese and read better Japanese. Um, but what do you think is going to take you to the next level? That is a very good fucking <laughs> question. Uh, the desire. Okay. The, yes. Yes. The desire yes. to do it. Um, I get by now, and I'm. I guess I'm that kind of person that when uh, I've got a bunch of other shit going on, if this thing over here is mm -hmm. like functioning well enough. I'll just leave that alone yes. for now. This is what got me thinking about like the the difference in our uh, experiences and the, okay, yes, and, and full credit to you, brother. You speak conversational Japanese. I am in awe of that. I have, I don't, I'm a stupid Australian. Uh -huh. I don't <laughs> even know grammar. I have, I'm terrible at languages. I just, you don't but, got, you don't got the smarts. Good. I don't got the smarts. I don't got that, uh, right? I see. But, Almost everybody in Estonia speaks some level of English. Yeah. I can totally live a normal, regular life right. totally in English. I run a company. Mm -hmm. Everybody else in the company is Estonian. Yeah. I'm English, no problems. Yeah. Yes, I have some employees, they help me. Hey, can you write some lines? We're gonna post a, here's the Facebook post we need to make today. Can you just put that into Estonian for me? And so it's, you know, because yeah. Estonians love judging each other as Estonian language and okay. grammar and all that. So I, I don't wouldn't know. dare, I would not dare, I would have to plaster all over it, Lewis wrote this. Mm -hmm. In fact, usually that's what they do. If something comes out in terrible English, they go, oh, yeah. Lewis wrote that. Yeah. Um, but I can, like, even with English, I can get by. But uh, in Japan, because many people don't speak English really yeah. at all, yeah. you need that level just to live, it feels like. Yeah. For 10 years, you know, you need to do that yeah. but we may both 
Look, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if you're coming to this. I won't tell you what you're... I feel like, even though I've worked a lot in the culture field, I've worked a lot in Estonia. Many people know who I am. They know what's up. I know a lot about Estonian culture. People are giving me quite a free pass to comment on Estonian culture through the comedy and stuff. So they're like, don't be like, fuck you, foreigner. They're yeah. like, okay, we'll go along with your dumb jokes. But I am finding there is a depth of a level after 10 years mm -hmm. that I can't get to in the culture without speaking the language. Yeah. And I don't know, do you feel like there's some extra depth to Japanese culture that you won't get to? Yeah, for I mean, for now, yeah, because... I mean, how can you really understand completely what, what someone's feeling if you can't really communicate with them effectively, yeah. right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's stuff I miss out on. Again, like when I'm hanging out with my, my friends and stuff, like there's parts of our conversation that are totally over my head because I didn't really catch what they said or I couldn't understand it or we just have to like, okay, well, fuck it, we'll talk about something else then or whatever. Um, so they they can't really, and, and vice versa, they can't really express themselves to me fully and, and mm. me to them. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're going to miss out on, on a lot of cultural things if you can't communicate effectively. Um, so luckily for me, like right now, the stuff I'm getting is enough to like satiate me. Um, but probably at some point there will be... I'm just waiting for it to, to kick off. Like, if I don't have the desire to do something, I just don't fucking mm. do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop. So I'll be like, fuck, I got to stop being such a lazy bitch. And <laughs> I feel like I'm at that that bit too. I'm trying to make some changes in my life. I'm trying to rearrange my company so I work. Like, I have no free time. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no time to go and do a class and to do something. So I'm trying to make some long-term changes to my company yeah. to free up my time. So... Well, Who they, knows, mate? Not like be like, oh, I'm suddenly going to take classes, but the possibility yeah. could be there. Well, they say the most uh, effective thing for picking up a new language is immersion, right. and which you and I both have that. So I wonder how much because it's going to be so weird. Everyone is used to speaking to me in English. Yeah, everybody knows like that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. it's like I have been immersed. Yeah, I don't know. It's but how be... impressive will it be when you yeah, can suddenly like? shock people with your ability to speak Estonian. My friends all think that I'm hiding an ability to speak Estonian uh -huh. when actually it's just the ability to pick up on context. Yeah. Like I'll hear a paragraph and get one word yeah. and I'm like, okay, I know what's up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what, are you, what information are you <laughs> hiding from us? I'm like, no, I just got one word and I worked out the rest of the paragraph. That's that. typically how I am when it comes to Japanese as well as when someone, especially if someone is speaking to me fairly fast, like it, mm. instead of like understanding like completely what they said, a lot of the times I'll understand the context of what they said and then respond appropriately. Right. Um, yeah, I miss a lot of words and shit, and especially when it comes to like speaking Japanese, I forget like art, you know, little articles and shit like that. And yeah, so like, okay, the grammar things. Yeah. So mm. I, I uh, at least for me, um, uh, listening and understanding and stuff that's way easier than than speaking hmm. because when you speak like in my mind it's almost like I'm like trying to piece together yeah. sentences and stuff I'm like oh fuck and then I say this and that so it sounds all stuttery and stammery most of the time it sounds like shit unless I'm like ordering beers or something then it's like I'm a native <laughs> speaker um, uh, but yeah and I'm always impressed by people who are multilingual yeah, I have a lot of friends who are uh, Swedes um, and especially when I hang out with them I'll be hanging out just me and like a half dozen fucking Swedes and they're too fucking polite is the one thing <laughs> because they'll all be you know because some of them like their English is to such a level where it's like 
when I met uh, some of them, like I didn't even pick up that they were had a Swedish accent at yeah, first. Um, but then when they're all hanging out and drinking and hang, you know having a nice time, they're just speaking in Swedish and shit. And then they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to exclude you from the conversation." <laughs> I'm like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm over here, you know, drinking my beer. I don't really give a shit what you're saying. It's yeah. probably not that interesting anyway, you know." Um, but yeah, I'm always impressed by people that are multilingual. I, I grew up around people. Especially like the older people, the older generations, Louisiana. A lot of them are multilingual in English and French, at least. In French. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's the French? I, I again, stupid Australian. I know nothing. What's the French connection? Uh, Louisiana is like wasn't uh, originally like way back in the fucking day was the French territory of the United States oh. that was purchased from France by the United States, and they okay. forgave their debts as well. Uh, so Louisiana was initially like a third of the in, like entire continental United States. It was all the French territory, and now it's that little state yeah, down right. at the bottom. Yeah. But like my last name is Fontenot, which is a French name. Most people oh. in Louisiana have French last names. Yeah. Um, French. It, we have we still have French radio stations, as a matter of fact, that play like Zydeco music and stuff like that. Which Zydeco is something that's like native to Louisiana that it's kind of spread a little Dang, bit. I wouldn't have thought of that being in the deep south. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, Louisiana is kind of a, um, like, you know, when I was in Texas, down in Del Rio and stuff, most people were speaking Spanish, but then you go over mm. and take an eight-hour drive over to southern Louisiana and people, you know, French is spoken pretty prominently. So I grew up around people that were um, mostly bilingual. I'm not, I don't, my French fucking sucks. Mm. Uh, most people my age, their French isn't very good because it was kind of like, yeah, you don't yeah, speak. Okay, it was like a government yeah, yeah. thing where like you couldn't speak any language in schools other than English. Mm. So like it's kind of killed the the language and a lot of the culture down there. Um, but I'm yeah I'm always impressed by people that are multilingual because I I know firsthand it's not fucking easy, you know. And I work with some people now. Uh, I'm a teacher and I work with some people that speak three or four fucking languages and that's really uh, I don't understand how that works. I don't know. What how are you teaching? I teach English. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of the people I work with go back and forth between English, Japanese, and Spanish. Wow. So, like, the head admin at the school, she's, or the principal, I guess, she's Mexican. Her husband, who owns the school or operates it, is Japanese. So their daughter is, like, half Mexican, half Japanese. But they own and operate an English school. So they're all fluent in English, Japanese, and Spanish. And uh, those languages, whenever they're in the building, mm. those languages get thrown around quite frequently. How was it when, uh, let's say, with the more significant relationships you had, mm -hmm. was that, what was the primary language of, was it English you guys were talking in? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, like, the, the relationships I had. There was that one girlfriend. Yeah, I was going to say, you did live with one at least. Yeah. There's one. Look, for, I'm, no, I'm, look I'm, no, we were I'm no better on this <laughs> track either, so it's okay. We were together for three years, um, and she spoke, pretty good English. She studied English in university and okay. wanted to go on to teach English. She wanted to be a teacher because that was what her mom had done. Mm. Her mom spoke pretty good English and was a teacher as well. And her brother also spoke English because he was a, like a businessman type. Well, he was always nice. doing international business. Okay. English is kind of like the language of business. That's mm. why like so. That's why English is taught in Japanese public schools and why it's such an important thing that you know people pick up. Um, so 
that was I would say that was my most significant relationship I had here was with her and she spoke English okay. but at the same time I was trying to learn Japanese so we did what we could oh, yeah, sure. um, but I could speak English with her and her mom and her brother and her dad like understood pretty well but when I was around her dad I would try to speak Japanese as that's much nice. as I could because nice. her dad was kind of a hard ass and the most important thing to him was he liked to drink okay so the first time I met him he <laughs> took us to a lunch together <laughs> and uh, just at lunch, I don't know how many beers we had, and then sake as well. <laughs> and then later that night, we went out for dinner with him, and it was just so he loves to drink. So I think that was what endeared him to me was okay. I could drink with him, and he really appreciated my um, my approach to to him because he's kind of a hothead, mm. and, and I'm not. So I didn't do anything that pissed him off. So. Okay, that's nice. Um, and then other than that, I've had uh, a lot, a few Filipino girlfriends here. And they spoke English as well. Mm. Um, and then I've been on dates with a lot of Japanese women that didn't speak English at all. But usually those didn't go much further. And, and then you've got I, to do Japanese in that. You're trying to yeah, use yeah. Japanese in that. Yeah, do okay. the best you can. Yeah. And then and then I, I just do. have a lot of friends that yeah. speak most almost exclusively Japanese. Mm. And we hang out and drink and whatever. And it's fine. We all get by. Uh, and I don't know. My dating history here is... Well, weird. It's all over the place. Right now, I'm seeing a nice young lady from Jamaica. So. Nice. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a um, no. What are they? I, I'm not exclusionary sure. in that field. Come what may. Yeah. Um, yeah I, it's always. It's something I think I've got. I've done. Got to stop, and remember like. Oh, we're having this argument in your second language. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think I'm so clever. Oh, I yeah. came up with a clever line to yeah. try to get one up in this argument. Oh, yeah. but it's still my native language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they don't understand the impact of them telling you how much they hate. Like, I hate you. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, you fucking hate me? And she was like, oh. Like, she didn't, like, grasp the gravity of saying, like, I hate you yeah. or I do this or something like that. So, Yeah. Arguing with someone in their second language, especially when it's your girlfriend <laughs> and you live in the same apartment, <laughs> shits gets thrown, you yeah, know, yeah, all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so huh. what can you do? Get a new girlfriend. That's what you can do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate as well in Estonia, and uh, I'm thankful that because of what I've done with the comedy that it's not like people know me but if I get into any situation they probably vaguely know that I've done something because mm -hmm. in Estonia you do any of you like have a really great fart you'll probably get a slot on yeah. the news right yeah, like, yeah. like you do anything <laughs> like you can be known like I can be known as the Australian you know there's another guy there who is known who does a little rap he's known as the Armenian like Okay. Like you, you can like you literally don't have to do much. You just just be that <laughs> one. Now, yeah, I like okay. to think I've done something. Yeah. Hopefully, I have made some contribution. But in Estonia, you can kind of be known for that. So, I I would been thinking a lot that I've never, I believe I've never really experienced racism. Okay. And that's because I'm white. So mm -hmm. they first of all, but yeah. it's what yes, I'm white. Number one, and they're white as well. So they yeah. they go with it. But the number two is Estonians' racism is different. That. I think their racism is like, I don't like black guys because I've never seen a black guy before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's different to, for example, Australian racism, which is yeah. we'll invade you and yeah, lock yeah. you up and do all that. Now, they're both bad. They're both bad. I'm not justifying one or the other, right? But I yeah. think they have to be treated in different ways. But because Estonians could be like, you're the thing, the th you, uh, 
the seeing you what not something yeah. that's enough yeah that's enough to pull down the barriers and for it to be okay yeah. so i appreciate and i'm thankful that my life is made easier mm-hmm. from that where yeah. I'm, I'm more interested to talk to some guys who are maybe brown guys or something coming from studying coming from different places and i think i think some of them may be having a harder time i'm not sure yeah but yeah, I don't know where I was going with this. It, 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 no, yeah. I mean, I I grew up like in, like I said in the deep south, mm. so like, and and uh, there's g- generally a picture of the south of like it's a place that's a seething pit of racism, <laughs> and evil and stuff, and that's that's not the case. Mm. But there definitely are like fucking like hardcore racists sure. in the south, and I. What's the what's the Okay, you you made a couple a couple times you mentioned mm-hmm. that foreigners come here, yeah. and if they're not integrating well, yeah. one of the excuses they use yeah. is that oh they're racist here. Yeah. What fucking racism has a white person ever experienced? Like what? In Japan. Okay, so here. Okay, so let's. <laughs> so again, because you're a white guy. Yeah. I mean, you could be... say it's like a little differently. Like if you're mm-hmm. in like a, a majority white country, like if somebody okay, doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not outward, is it? Like they just won't rent you the apartment or something no like there there are instances where like yeah oh you're foreign we're not going to rent to you or you're not allowed in this business Hmm. um i've I've been part of that before like actually it's funny because one night just walking around drinking uh, i was hanging out by myself that night came across a bar where through the door i could see that they were um uh, they had a Super Famicom hooked up, and they were playing Street Fighter. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, cool!" And so I just opened the door to go in, and I was immediately told, "Like, no, you can't come in here. This is Japanese only. Get out." Wow. So I was like, I was a little dejected. I was like, "Fine, fuck it." Here, you know. Okay. Later, um, I'm hanging out uh, down the street. This is like maybe a few weeks later or something. Uh, hanging out with a Japanese friend of mine, and we're talking about video games and stuff. And he was like, "Oh, you know, there's a bar down the street where they have video games stuff. We can go play." And I was like, "No, dude, I can't go in there." So he was like, "No, no, no, come with me, and it'll be cool." So he went in first, vouched for me, and then I came in, did my introductions in Japanese and stuff. And they're like, "All right, you can come in." Uh-huh. So like, I had to have somebody go in ahead of me to be like, oh, it's, "It's he's a foreigner, but he's he's one of the good ones. He's cool." Um, but I've had. Uh, especially when I was living in Kanagawa, mm-hmm. it's not Tokyo. Tokyo is a little different. Like in Tokyo, I've had it's mostly old people. Yeah, too. right. Exactly. Old people um, I go to sit down, and I uh, literally I was on my way to work, so I was actually looking okay. Like I was in my business casual <laughs> wear, uh, but I go to sit down, and this old man not doesn't just like he literally like jumps out of his seat and has a few words for me and stuff. Like, oh. huh. but there's like that thing they call it the gaijin bubble. Where people won't want to sit next to you, or they keep you at arm's length, or something, if they're not, you know, too comfortable being around foreigners and shit. Mm. Um, but when I was living in Kanagawa, I remember one, um, my girlfriend's mom. She had kind of she was renting this little building that she was going to turn into her own little private English school. And um, so we were there helping her get it fixed up because it was all fucked up. So we were helping paint it and get it looking nice. So we were out front like um, to plant flowers. So we're like you know digging up some some soil and planting flowers and stuff and so this group of teenage boys came by and they saw me out front and so like they were like screaming like fuck you and all that kind of shit like that and the thing is it always pissed me off about my ex is if I would ever tell her about it, like when the boys were like yelling fuck you at me fuck you Gaijin and that kind of shit mm-hmm. um, she was like oh they they just like to say that they, they don't know what it means they just like to say that they think it's funny to say fuck you and stuff like that and I was like mm-hmm. alright whatever um, I told her about this one instance where I went down, she had left for work, I went downstairs to go get some coffee from the vending machine in front of my apartment, 
And while I walked up to them, and this is in front of like a broad daylight, in front of my own fucking apartment with plenty of cars and people and everything, mm. I just walk up to get some money. I put my, uh, get some coffee. I put my hand in my pocket to get my money. And a, the woman walking towards me like freaks out, like clutches her purse, almost throws herself into traffic because she thought I was just going to like mug her like right then and there. Mm. I'm like, why would you, why would I do this here now? Mm. Like, you know, it's so stupid. Um, but I, w- I told her about that, and she felt sorry for the woman. She didn't really... Give, she was like, oh, that poor lady. She didn't seem to give a fuck about me. Mm. And then, like, if I did have some... I would vent shit to her. But, like, yeah, you know, when I'm on the train, it's kind of kind of uh, unnerving where it's like everybody wants to sit down on the train, but there'll be a seat next to me and all these people standing up and everything like that. And then she would always just kind of, like, rationalize it. Well, maybe, you know, you're kind of big and a little scary looking maybe to some people and stuff like that. Like, don't rationalize it. Like, if she were to, like, say that to me, like, she came to visit us in Louisiana... And, like, if anyone had ever had done or said anything that, like, hurt her feelings, I wouldn't have, like, rationalized it to her. I would have just been like, oh, man, I'm sorry. That fucking sucks to have. That's what you mm. do to a person when you console them. You yeah. just, you don't try to minimize what they're feeling. You just go, I'm sorry, and you try to make them feel better. Mm. She never would do that for me. Um, so there is shit like that that happens where, like, you feel, like, it's not out and out. Like, again, like, I've seen, like, hardcore, like, vitriolic racism in my life. And, um... So I, it hasn't been like that yet, and I have seen like some nationalist, <laughs> like uh, sure, which is everywhere, gatherings and now, stuff yeah. like that. I've seen the the famous the I don't know how famous it is, but the white pig go home video, oh really, which no, was no, no. oh god, it's I gotta look that it up. It made me great. laugh, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> when I see shit like that, I I don't know, I just think it's funny. But there are like there are nationalist groups here that you know they'll call Koreans and Chinese people dogs and get out of my country and all that kind of okay, shit. Yeah. But they're having a march. It was so funny. These two white dudes just coming out of like their hotel. And they're like, what's going on out here? And the dude with the fucking bullhorn spots them and he just starts going, White the pig, go home. <laughs> and it's just like, oh man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. So that's kind of my response, like racist shit, is I'm mm. like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know? Like, why would you do that? Um, but no, like, I've seen, like, I feel like I've really kind of seen the worst of it. And then I did spend six months in Qatar, and they don't, they're not too fun. Okay, the either. countryside is always going to be a little yeah. more. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like I've seen kind of like the worst of it. So even mm-hmm. when, when I do see it, I'm like, yeah, if you're white, you can experience racism. I don't, I don't go with, like, the current, well, I don't know if it's the current, but, like, some people's definition of racism is, it's like, it's like it's hate plus a position of power or something. Oh, like that. Okay. I, I don't. I don't really go with that. If you just like hate people because of like their skin color, some arbitrary, sure. and and I, I go along. If if it's just some arbitrary thing, like uh, it could be your your race or your religion or your sexuality or something like that. To me, those are like these are just like circumstantial things, right? So like I don't understand hatred of those things, but I also, I also don't really understand pride in them. Because I feel like yeah. those are the least interesting things about a person, right? It's circumstance. It's a fucking dice roll. Like, all these chance mm. things, that's what you're proud of. Like, I feel like you should be proud of the things you do, not necessarily, like, the things you are. Sure. It's not really anything in your control. Um, so I don't understand hatred of those, like, indelible characteristics. But I don't understand pride in them either. So, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of weird in that way. Um, so, yeah, like, if you're white, you can experience racism. It's just it's probably not going to happen if you don't. If you don't live in a country where most people aren't white, right? So. Yeah, you've got to already be there. So maybe if you're white and you're already in like a country like Japan or something like that, then you are that character who is ready for the adventure. Yeah. Maybe has a broader mind. Yeah. Maybe is less like yourself. Can rationalize it more. I mean, obviously yeah. it's not good. Like I'm not saying like oh, I can just pass it yeah. off, but yeah. you can sort of 
some abstract level you yeah. can look at it and go it's, like, okay, I'm a worldly person. Yeah, it's not the worst thing that's gonna right. I can happen. appreciate what it is, but I'm yeah. a worldly person, so I don't yeah. feel like it's a personal attack feel, on me. But I still kind of see what it yeah. is because I feel like that's a word that's applied a little broadly. Mm. Like I always thought that that like the word racism implied some kind of like hatred oh, or yeah. like I'm superior to you or something like that. Not just like uh, I think you talk funny or something like that's not really racism. That's just like oh, I. I being an asshole. That's not like the worst thing in the world, you know. Uh, yeah, I. If if anything, I really like. I like being in Estonia and talking about race in Estonia because they're not PC, mm -hmm. and I like that because you can get away with stuff. Yeah, and and not because I want to be mean or hurtful with a joke or something yeah. like that. But it's not the instant backlash of like, ooh, mm. you can't say that. But like, we have to regulate ourselves. So right. particularly as comedians, like our English comedy night, we have one of our open mics every month that's specifically for English. You can mm -hmm. do English at any show, mm -hmm. but we have one night that's only in English. And sometimes I've listened to that show, I'm going, oh shit, are we getting racist? <laughs> like, and that's when it's getting funny though. Yeah, and then I heard, and then I heard some American, it was after one of them, and there was some American woman out the front, and she was going, I just didn't like what they say in there, and I so wanted to go like, fuck you, go yeah, home. Yeah, really. Go get out of my, get out of my country. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's that thing of like, I enjoy that we're given the rope to do that. Yeah. Where like our example before, with the, the the translators and it's instantly you know with yeah, the video yeah. games or whatever thing you say instantly one word out of line from a well-meaning person with no context and bam we're yeah. on you yeah where i do like and i appreciate in estonia people will give they'll you like you say something they'll be like all right where are you going with this yeah. and now let's hope mm -hmm. that you're trying to work your way around to some clever yeah. point or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that and not you don't have a yeah. you know you're just using it for irony's sake you know, or something like that yeah exactly we're clever and we can for offensive sake exactly yeah. and i enjoy that they kind of let you do that yeah um now but that that means that you need to be self-regulating and not go too far yeah now, of course then that goes too far mm -hmm. and particularly it's something like an open mic where you're testing material and trying yeah, yeah. shit out yeah it's all just, of a sudden you try that and that shit yeah. sounds racist you're like oh yeah i mean it depends like they say like you know read the room or whatever just mm. different people like what what you'll take offense to varies for like a lot of people like for me personally i think just because of all the shit i've already seen and heard in my life it's really really difficult to offend me with with anything um, yeah. But that's not the case for everybody. Right, so exactly. Just read the room. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a piss break. What do you say? Yeah, let's do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 God, we've gone deep on the fucking cultural shit. Oh, culture. Culture shit. We've, we've taken that one right to the end. Let's talk about... Boring. So, the reason that yeah. I know even who you are as an individual right. is because of your YouTube channel. Yes. And uh, so you've been running that for now the 10 years. Almost. It uh, it's more like, I guess, closer to nine. Um, I had a YouTube account since almost like when they first started, I guess. Way back. I don't know, whenever, whatever fucking year that was. Uh, but this current channel, I... I uh, operate now. I started in the summer of 2011. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. so I, and I feel like the thing you're kind of known for is going around to the different secondhand stores called hard off stores yeah. and showing us what's in there and talking us through and stuff like that. Right. 
were you doing that from the beginning? Yeah, um, I like I said before I came here, I was already watching YouTube channels that were doing that kind of thing, mm. like uh, a channel called Luke Morse One. Who I don't know how long he's st how long he started doing that. Like almost as soon as YouTube started, he was doing that kind of shit. Um, and it was just channels I came across just looking for Japanese stuff on YouTube. Um, so yeah, when I first got here, uh, right around the base, there were like half a dozen different hard offs and stuff. So I would most weekends I would just go around to them. And uh, at the time, I could just go to the junk bins or whatever, buy games for 100 yen, okay. go buy consoles for dirt cheap and stuff. So I was just filling up my little dorm room on the base with all these video games and stuff. And um, eventually, like, I was getting into watching YouTube gaming channels. Um, and I was, I liked the stuff that had more production to it, okay. but also I was getting into just like really simple channels that would just like show off collections and pick up videos and stuff like that. Because I had no idea how to fucking do anything, operate a camera, edit anything or anything like that. So I was like, the, yeah, okay. So I got drawn to that stuff because I was like, oh, that stuff's pretty... Did your communications degree help with that at all? Or? Yeah, it did. While I was studying, I did take some courses in production, um, and I did do an internship at a production studio okay, in yeah. Rapungi. Um, even though like my production qualities are still pretty low, um, not I would say you're not bad. Yeah, I you got a little cut, and you got the your your, your anime yeah. stuff going on there. I love what you're doing, where you're putting the retro uh, adverts mm -hmm. in the yeah. middle of that. That's cool as yeah. shit. Dude. That was like, just me not knowing how to. Cut to something else. I was like, <laughs> how do I segue? I don't know. Well, I'll just put a fucking commercial in or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just me. Didn't know what to do, and then people kind of liked it, so I just kept doing it. Um, but yeah, and it, I just started. Just it, the, my original videos are really uh, terrible. Like, there's no editing whatsoever. Like the video starts with my hand coming away from the camera, and then ends with me putting me. You know, in your the, first ones, were you going through stores? No, no, well. no. The just first videos are just like, hey, this is my collection of this, my Neo Geo, mm. my Super Famicom or something. And eventually I started doing that. Um, but yeah, no, initially it was just really terrible. And then my first editing software I discovered was, I, it was on my laptop. I was like, wow, there's editing software on here? It was just uh, Windows Movie Maker. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. the most basic one. Okay. So some of my earlier videos have this like really rudimentary editing with like, the kind of text and transitions and stuff are like, oh, okay, that's fucking Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, it looks like it should be in Comic Sans mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some of it probably was in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, but yeah, I, but at, at the time, I just wanted to, it was just like a, a hobby kind mm. of thing, just something else to do while you're playing your games and stuff. I could just shoot a video, post it, and other people would look at it and go, oh, hey, mm. pretty cool. And it was more communal then. You could do video responses, and everyone was just really chatty. And uh, so yeah, it was just a way to get a little more mileage out of my hobby, which was like collecting and playing video games. I was like, well, in addition to just collecting them and playing them, I can make videos about it now and stuff and then see, see what happens. And uh, eventually uh, I got more and more interested. And mostly it was just from watching a lot of YouTube and just like seeing people and just getting inspired. And we're like, oh, I could maybe try to do something Try like this, that. I'll yeah. add this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Get finding your like creative juices, hmm. I guess. Uh, some of it, some of it was miss. Like some of it hit okay. Some of it is like, Ugh, what what's fuck? like a miss? Like you just the, the videos, you the editing was bad, the content you're rambling. No, on. because there were some where I thought I was gonna do something. I had started uh, a little series that I was calling Tokyo Game Snatchers, 
and like I was like I want to make it like a fucking almost like I wanted to do like a narration almost I was thinking about like some kind of like like noir cyberpunk style film where like, right. oh the detective does his like narration and things like that and stuff and instead we're like looking for video games that we're, and I wanted to shoot everything at night I wanted it to be nothing but like night stuff and uh, I wanted to make it like because it's Tokyo so it looks cool as fuck at night sure. it's really easy to turn that into some kind of like cyberpunk kind of YouTube-y kind of thing mm. um, but looking back I'm like ugh that <laughs> sound like such a fucking nerd like why did you do this um, that's what you gotta do you gotta try different shit yeah. you gotta be like if you're not embarrassed by your early shit you haven't done enough weird stuff yeah. like you haven't tried hard yeah, enough that might be the case it. yeah so I do that and uh, a couple of times I've made like little music video type things where like I just try to mix footage with music I think I might want to do more of that actually I like because I I don't know whenever I sit down to like make a video most of what I want to do is just like find appropriate music and just mix things together and make montages and stuff like that like I don't really want there to be like any kind of like body to the video I'm like fuck it I just want <laughs> so music, right now man. you've got just over 18,000 subs yeah, it's creeping up on 19. 19. Very, and very, that's very, very healthy. Yeah. Um, it's Especially gone really nice. considering how slow those first, like, yeah. seven or eight years were. Right, then, when did you, when did it become a thing? When did you realize, like, when was it not you fucking around just making videos? And when did you understand this was a thing? Towards the ass end of university. What um, year was that? How long ago was that? couple of years ago, okay. I think. Yeah, only yeah. a couple of years ago. Because, like I said, I was interning at the production studio. And uh, a big reason why was, I mean, I had a couple of friends from university that were working there, mm-hmm. and um, so I was like, "Hey, I want to, I need to do like an internship. Let me, can I come over there?" And they were like, "Yeah, we'll, you know, talk to the the owner about you," because it was a smaller company, and he just knew that, like, at the time, I had my channel had like just over seven thousand subscribers or okay. something like that, and so he knew that I was like doing YouTube and stuff, so I went in there and I was going to do kind of like production assistant kind of work, but for the most part, they, they had a YouTube channel, but they didn't really know how to operate it. Mm. Um, so they had published like 60 some odd videos and they had 40 subscribers. Oh. So they were not doing very well. <laughs> so he, you know, he was he, more so he was like a businessman. Like he had been a journalist at one time. Now he like owns this company and stuff. And he was just looking for other avenues for like promote his, mm. his brand and his product and all this stuff. And the YouTube channel was just like sucking ass. So he was like, can you do something? For me you know he was like i want you to primarily focus on our social media stuff because you have all this experience with youtube and i was like yeah it's not a great experience but i have it so i'll do what i can i mean i'm doing better than you guys so maybe <laughs> i can help you out um so i was only there it was um i was working on a series they do called japan headlines mm-hmm. and um i had a lot of fun doing it like going on shoots and stuff like that it was like really cool going to like car shows and like cool. vtuber concerts where it's like not even people on stage it's just like the virtual representations of themselves and stuff like that and yeah i just you know you get kind of addicted to that kind of thing where it's like all these all the fucking plebs are paying to see this shit but i'm with the press (laughs) i get to see it for free i'm working now quote unquote um so that was that was really fun so in my few months there i brought them from like 60 to like a thousand subs and you know i did a little bit of work but it wasn't making any money Mm, of course not (laughs) which is like i know i he's like i need to make money uh so you cannot work here um but during that time uh some videos i started posting just started to 
get like tens of thousands of views, which is kind of was really unusual for what me. What was the format? Which type of video was getting those views? The first one that r did well was a, it was um, uh, I did a um, I was just a game hunting trip in um, Akiba. Okay. But it was called uh, it was like a holiday retro game hunting trip. So it was I was just like, hey, this is like the day of the year where I come mm -hmm. here and. Usually I don't try not to spend too much money in these shops, but since it's like the holidays, I got a little money in my pocket. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go buy some games or something. So, and that was one of the ones where I was like, some of the editing stuff I was doing earlier, with like incorporating like commercials and like lots of music breaks for like montages of like cityscapes and shit. Okay. Like I just put, put all of that into like one video and then that, just for whatever reason, like, all my videos up to that point were like, initially they'll get views, like when you're looking at the analytics, it's sure, like a pie yeah, yeah. and then it just, you know, it takes a fucking nosedive. But this one was the first time ever where it would be like up high, takes a nosedive, and then it gets a second win, and it's yeah. up again, and then down and again, never, and then up again. You never figured out what was doing that. Just well, the, it was the first time it ever did that. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, so maybe people like this mix of like gaming stuff, but also lots of shots of the city, and maybe mm. some music, and little ad breaks, and things like that. So I kept doing that but I would just do it in different areas I would go to Shinjuku and do one and I would go somewhere else and do it and so I did a bunch of those mm. and those picked up and then I did a, a video they had a Neo Geo Land pop-up shop and that was the first pop-up shop kind of video I ever did which I've done a bunch of those since then yeah, yeah. but that was just one where like people were like in the comments people were like what the fuck is this like how there's a little store and it's only open for a short period of time there's all this cool shit in it and I was like yeah, and only definition of pop up shop. Yeah, yes. and I'm like, oh yeah, exclusively like <laughs> and stuff like that. And then some people like Johnny Millennium has been the happy console gamer. He's been I don't know if you know of him or not. No, he's I don't really know. No, I think I feel I've heard the name, but I don't know. Canadian YouTuber, but he's been like supportive, like where he would be like, wow, he's like you're the only person doing this. He was like, I no, there's not another video covering this on mm. like all the fucking YouTube and stuff. And I was like, all right, because Johnny like. In the retro gaming community, I guess, he's fairly well known. At this point, like, he's got, like, 250,000 subs right, or something yeah, sure. like that. But he started, like, at the apex, like, the, the or not the apex, but the genesis, I would yeah. say, of YouTube. So he's just, for fucking ever, he's been doing this shit with, like, a passion. So everybody likes Johnny. I like Johnny a lot just because he's been, like, super cool. Like, of all the, the personal, YouTube personalities that I've met, um, he's been just it's nice like, that he gives you support and positive yeah, yeah. work he's, he's, nice. he's just a great guy he's just like a compulsively positive person mm. um, so I was like okay so just like doing shit like that like I was like you know what let me just start going out more and taking the camera with me and stuff and mm. so like I don't know like I have a gaming channel but I feel like people most of the people that come to my channel are more interested in like seeing stuff about like Tokyo and shit like that, or Japan in general. I mean, the people stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah, life, yeah. Like yeah. the thing. Like you, the you're very good at being able to add some yeah. flavor to that yeah. and showing us your commentary, your feelings yeah. right, when you go. So, like, around. the video games are cool and all. And uh, some of the more popular videos I've done have been like about arcades, going around to different mm. arcades and looking around. But the, the, um, the kind of unifying thing they all have is that I go out somewhere with a camera yeah. and I'm shooting things. Yeah. So, people really appreciate that more like man on the street kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, over the uh, like, I do have people that are like really, really dedicated to my like strictly gaming content reviews and stuff like that, and they say like that's their favorite stuff I do. But I think for like a general audience, mm. just going out with a camera and shooting some of the sure. the sights and sounds. That's I feel like, like those ones and and, the, and those ones that you do when you're out in a store or you're out of the pop up shop and you're showing us something and that's cool and 
you've sort of over time refined your formula that it's quite pleasant to watch and yeah. you kind of have a, just enough production value that it's cool yeah, and thankfully. You've, <laughs> you've worked out your voiceover style yeah. and you've got that. But then when you've been doing those more introspective videos where you just talk about that, mm -hmm. I think they're nice because they may I, I'm not sure I don't know your views but I'm not I, they don't have to get as many but they're like you watch you know watch your videos okay I watch a hard off video mm. I watch a Neo Geo pop up video I watch an Aki video and then I'm like I kind of like this guy you yeah. know I kind of like and then I'm like oh now he's talking about Japan too cool yeah. to me when I view it them I see them like they're the ones when you start talking about all oh, your life in Japan or your experiences they're like and they're a bit longer they're like 20 minutes mm -hmm. or, or whatever something yeah. like this 30 minutes usually just me at home with a beer rambling. yeah yeah to me they're like they're the ones that you watch when I like all of your rest of your stuff I'm like I like this guy mm -hmm. what else does he have to say so they're like the second layer uh, of what get people yeah, in the first, yeah hard offs hooking people but after I've watched 10 hard off videos I'm like okay I've listened to this guy for about an hour and a half of time I'm yeah. pretty down with this now and then I'm gonna migrate into that because it's almost like you're doing a podcast but it's not a podcast yeah. it's a shorter more condensed Which, YouTube I kinda uh, I was doing like a, a podcast for a while I've done two actually uh, the original one was called The Kid and Stoner Show. Which there are no more episodes of that on my channel just because me and uh, my previous co-host had a falling out. Okay. But he was a, you know, a hardcore stoner from uh, Vancouver. And uh, we, I don't know, it's a whole long... Hey, it happens. Creative differences thing. happens. Yeah, creative differences and all that kind of shit. Uh, then, and those these episodes are still on the channel, uh, we were doing a, a show called The Powerful Stream. Uh, which at the time that, that was my I don't know why I came up with that now. I thought it was funny it was like a piss joke like <laughs> right. we, we have a powerful stream um, but it was myself uh, my friend Andrew from West Virginia and our friend uh, Carcamo the Forger of Pain a uh, very popular professional wrestler in Panama uh, with demonic clown <laughs> face paint of course yeah of course. and he's like one of my favorite people on the planet <laughs> yeah, right. he's to look at him, he's 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 jacked as fuck. Like he's super muscular, bald head. With he's always got his fucking face paint on. He just looks like a demonic clown all the time. He's um, the inspiration for his face paint was a mix of Pennywise and Sweet Tooth. And, okay. But in, in real life, he's the biggest nerd like ever. Mm. Just uh, gamer, anime, everything. He's the most. He's like one of the sweetest, softest-hearted people I've ever met. Which is really ironic because he does like hardcore wrestling with like broken glass and barbed wire and just oh, all this kind of okay. crazy shit. He he literally spits fire <laughs> and he sets shit on fire and then hits people with it. Like he's a total fucking nut when he's doing his wrestling thing. But outside of that, he's really, really sweet. And he was just one of those people who was watching my channel and liking it. And then he decided to do his own YouTube channel because his day job is he is a professional television producer. Oh, okay. So his channel has amazing production quality. Mm -hmm. It's just he's always so busy he can never post anything. But he, so he's making these videos and he was like saying as like, I was one of his big inspirations to start on YouTube because he grew up loving Japanese games and stuff because stuff would get imported to Panama all the time. And uh, so when he was interested in looking at import games on YouTube, he was looking at me. And I'm like, so this dude who's like really famous in Central America for being this crazy fucking wrestler uh. and he's a television producer and all this kind of shit. He was watching my lowly, shitty little videos. And so we became fast friends and, you know, started co-hosting a podcast together. We did like eight episodes 
and then it just sort of fell off like because everybody's busy and everybody's got shit going on but i would love 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 to do that again because i do like to just sit around and talk shit i think it's number one with the podcast it's just the number one thing is just keep on going yeah because that's the hardest thing it's not the technical it's not your strategy or your structure or yeah. words it's just that you fucking find yeah. the time to keep on going with it i would it. always just have my little in the life and, and yeah, yeah the like life that. and we've got so many things to do you got your thing yeah and it's not yeah it, it's cool that uh it's nice that you you think that way that when someone is inspired by you or says i'm gonna do something like this like my girlfriend was like make one of those videos of going to the store and i'm like but i'd just be copying jim here's the fuck i just copied luke <laughs> yeah, no, true. i copied all these other true, people true, there's true. nothing original about anything yeah. i do okay everything i do other people have done a million fucking times before it's mm. just like i still like to this day i'll watch like new retro gaming channels that pop up that are covering shit i've seen before but they're doing it like with their style right right so a lot of this is like it's it's nothing new mm. but do it with like your own personal perspective and style mm. and that's what makes it like worth watching because as as weird as it sounds to me because i'm not accustomed to hearing it a lot of people say they watch my videos because they like me mm-hmm. and, and uh that's kind of strange to me because it's just weird yeah to okay have, like, you're, you're you and your perspective and where you're coming yeah. from but it's not for the rest of us but yeah, like, yeah yeah um, because I mean I would say the same about other like YouTubers that I've never before sure, just like it. but like I watch like John Tron right because I think John Tron's funny I'm like oh I like John Tron I don't know I don't know he might be a fucking prick in real life but like I like watching him and stuff and so uh, I'm coming to terms as my audience grows I'm coming to grips with the fact that people I don't know like me <laughs> it's kind of kind of a weird thing to think about um, and that's, I guess, that's why I like a lot of the, the channels I watch. But that's why I think why people like you, exactly for this last paragraph that we've just spoken, that you don't quite appreciate why people like it, because you are real. Yeah. Because it is a real thing that you're doing. Because that's why I was, like, I was like to my government, like, nah, I'm not, I'm just being copying Jim's videos. But now I, now I do appreciate, theoretically, mm-hmm. that yes, I should just grab a camera, go and do it, see how it goes, it's a good exercise to do, you know, yeah. like being, you know, blah, 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 right? But in my artistic brain, I was like, no, no, I don't want to be. But people like you because you're not over the top, because mm. you're just being you. Yeah. And the more you lean into just being you, and that's because that's the great thing about, I, I think, like the position that you're in right now. Um, because on one hand, you might ask, okay, what's next for Jim? You know, where does he go from here? Yeah. How does he keep growing this channel yeah. I think it's just like the answer is within you yeah because that's what people like they seem to like you that's why I was saying like okay you get them hooked with the hard off videos we're running around Akihabara mm-hmm. cool then eventually we like you mm-hmm. and I just want to hear more shit yeah. from you so then I'm interested in hearing you talk for 20 minutes about Japanese culture yeah. cool and and so the answer's it's almost like I'm answering my own podcast question here for you. I'm like, what's next for Jim? Actually, the next is whatever is you feel is yeah. you. Yeah, there's stuff that I have uh, planned, uh, for instance, and I've talked to Shinichiro, the owner of the bar we're sitting in right now, the A button in uh, Akihabara for all your retro gaming. A in. button in Akihabara. It's a cool bar. <laughs> um, but this is unbelievable collection here. Um, but we've already talked about this where I want to start I want to um, I was doing a review series for a long time called Show Reviewkin mm. and uh, they're really really simple just gameplay and commentary and stuff 
Um, and I kind of want it to be the same, but I want to start... Uh, one of my big inspirations on YouTube and to start reviewing games was Classic Game Room. Okay. Which, um, it just it seemed like every day he had a video coming out and he would just review games. Like any game, he would just fucking review it. And he had a style that was like very like nonchalant, kind of like unscripted. He just sits and talks about fucking games. And I was like, man, that's, that's, that's really awesome. So I loved his channel very much. He doesn't really do it anymore. Mm. Um, but what... One of the things I want to do is I want to start doing that series again because I'm up to the 200th review for that series. Okay. So I want to do something different. So I want to... Uh, I got my friend Dennis helping me now. Dennis is someone I've known in university since university for like years now. Mm -hmm. We work together on some videos and stuff like that. He pops in and out and stuff. What's Dennis's job? What's he adding? Dennis is about to finish uh, university. Mm -hmm. So we, he, he and I were both in the communications course at Temple University. Yeah. And he was a little bit behind me. So he's about to finish this semester and then who knows. But he's actually uh, working on a short film right now. Okay. That he's working on getting entered into some um, uh, film festivals and stuff. Uh, really, you know, talented talented dude but he's more of a behind the camera kind of guy um, that's why I like putting him in front of the camera and fucking with him a little bit some people have commented that I'm kind of mean to him yeah. <laughs> in, ah, my, in my videos which I'm always quick to be like oh don't worry I bought him beers afterwards or something yeah. like that. because Dennis is the type of person that shit just rolls off his back mm. so you can fuck with him a little bit and he's just like eh, well, well, fuck it whatever he's yeah. kind of like me in that way I think that's why we get along so much mm. um, but I want to him to help me shoot but I want to shoot it in here Okay. Where yeah. I want to host reviews and stuff from here. Sit here, have my games, talk about it, and then mm. cut the game footage and things like that. So that's one of the things I want to do. I just want to start doing like game reviews, like just talk about games and shit. Like nothing too overly produced or anything like that, but mm. just have a place to host it and just make it yeah, as fun as I can possibly make it. Make it make maybe make it a little more nonchalant, a little less scripted. Um, that does seem to be your thing. I mean, between your own apartment, which is an amazing set, because I'm thinking about what's a cool set. Your own apartment is a cool set. That one what? wall. <laughs> that in one my wall. That's all in it. Where you can actually look at it and not feel like, oh, yeah. I feel sorry for this There's guy. No underwear <laughs> on that wall. Yeah, yeah. And then this bar is also a cool place. Um, that it's. Yeah, that's a cool. So. I, I certainly don't want you to get into specifics. Uh -huh. But after a while, there is some revenue coming oh sure so right now is that just ad revenue ad youtube ad revenue or is there something else happening no there? i have i get youtube ad revenue it's usually in the area of like 250 300 bucks a month oh okay cool. it's like right. it's fine it pays some, some. some utilities yeah. and stuff uh and then i also have a patreon which brings in mm. a couple hundred bucks a month as nice. well very nice and for that i didn't want to just have people paying for nothing so I have tiers on there where I send people shit in the mail mm -hmm. so I send them like Japanese snacks nice. food, uh, gachapon little capsule toys um, ramen manga mm. all that kind of stuff and uh, for some people like um, uh, one patron in particular I also sell video games online right. like whenever I can um, and he wanted to buy a copy of X-Men vs. Street Fighter for the Sega Saturn. Mm -hmm. So I even featured it in a video. I just found it for him while I was doing some game hunting. So I was like, hey, I found this game for, you know, this guy. And uh, I send him a box every month with all kinds of shit in it. So I just threw the game in there so he wouldn't have to pay for shipping or anything. Um, so I get money from that too. I get money from Patreon and I get money from YouTube ad revenue. 
And that's about it. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, but I'm hoping to use because um, I'm not gonna like get into specifics, but I have, I do know friends that they work in, um, they do voiceover work professionally in uh, video games, things like that. I have mm -hmm. friends that work high level positions at like Sony Interactive and NHK World, which is a television station here. And people have been doing voice work here in Tokyo for like 30 some odd years. Mm. And I'm, I'm working right now on, um, because that's one of the things people say, they usually say I have like a, a radio voice or yeah, something like sure. that. So right now I'm working on sort of like a voice reel, like a demo. Mm -hmm. uh, and looking at getting some representation and maybe hedging my bets on a, a few friends in the industry and maybe potentially getting into voiceover work. Sure. I mean, I would Hopefully. say that's, some, that's something that really goes one by one. Yeah. That's like you get one mm -hmm. and then I got this one and then the next and then you're kind of... Well, that's what inspired me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a friend of mine who, as it turned out, just coincidentally lives one station over from me, literally, literally lives two minutes away from me, but my buddy Eric has been a voiceover artist here in Tokyo for 30 some odd years. And he has, just him telling me about how he got into that business. Of mm. uh, He showed up here, he was teaching English, and then the company he was working for was recording CDs and stuff like that, where it was like um, just vocal stuff on the CD. Which, uh, oddly enough, the company I work at now, some of the CDs we use as audio aids for like mm. listening practices, He's the narrator on those CDs and stuff. <laughs> so I can be like, oh, hey, that's my buddy on the <laughs> CDs. Um, but he started out doing that kind of stuff. Just like, oh, the guy's not here. You're a native English speaker. Speak on he this. Did, yeah. And so he started out with that. And then eventually he's the voice of Paul Phoenix in the Tekken games. Cool. He's Captain Falcon in the F-Zero games. Mm. He's fucking, he's in Bloody Roar. He's in Virtua Fighter. He's in the Shinmu games. He's just doing all this shit. So he's got this long career behind him that started with just like kind of coincidentally doing this because once you're in you like that that's it like it's yeah. it's like once you get yeah. you're established they know who you are yeah. he's a trustworthy guy he can do a reasonable job yeah. like that counts for yeah. a lot he said in well. that time he's done like thousands mm -hmm. of voiceovers for various kinds of things so i was like okay well once you start you can kind of the it's like a yeah. snowball effect you get rolling yeah um so he kind of inspired me to like want to do that cool. and so that's one of the things I'm looking at at least trying my hand at uh, at some point in the future is hopefully someday in the distant future you'll be hearing my voice pop up in some video games I think it's great man I think uh, for me that's one of the advantages of, of living in the small country of Estonia because I've been able to get a lot of these opportunities as well so yeah. I've been featured in like these national campaigns and like weird campaigns and uh, tourism campaigns and stuff like that and you know, if they need an English voice they might come to me and that's like really nice and after all, and, and I do totally appreciate it. sometimes they're like Lewis we've heard enough from you <laughs> like, this is we're gonna need another voice here and yeah. I have to kind of as much as I'm like I wanna do more I have to go like yeah okay yeah, I understand yeah. alright I realise I'm you've heard my voice in a hundred places right now yeah. to... so that's nice that you you sort of organically building this career for yourself i think that again if we if we draw back to the thing that you didn't want to do which was classify you as an artist yeah i feel like the thing that the biggest change that i can make as a manager the biggest change i can make to an artist's life is when they get to the stage where they are professional 
which means they don't need a day job. Mm. And I'm, we're really thankful in Estonia, we're still at the stage that if you've got six or 700 euros a month and you're like willing to like not live a fancy life, you're like, I want to be a comedian. I'm going to live off six, 700 euros a month. I've got to, I'm going to live in a shitty apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat noodles, but I don't give a fuck because yeah. I'm telling my jokes right. and that's all I have to do. Um, getting them to that stage where they don't have to bother about a day job anymore is the biggest step, is the biggest, once you pass that, because then, because the art isn't just, it isn't just about the time you spend in the studio, it isn't just about the hour, two hours that it takes you to take the train to the hard off record and all of that. Mm. It isn't just about the editing time. There is just something about the free space that you need. Mm -hmm. You need free space to create. And that's a little bit hippie, and that's all like, oh, I need to connect with yeah. the universe or some shit, right. right? But you do need that. Like, it's very hard to just be like, okay, I'm working the job, and then I stop at five, and then by 6.30, I'm gonna be at the heart off and record the video, and like, right. no, actually, you just need this room to be able to think it through and come to that. And do your thing. And do your thing, yes. And that, it's two things. It's when I've noticed when comedians w say to me, I want to be a comedian. Yeah. That's the number one. When they go, I want to be a motherfucking comedian. Mm -hmm. And then I know, okay, that's something very good. And then when we can get them just enough money, because Estonia's not a big economy, so yeah. maybe they get a little bit of ticket sales. Maybe we've found them a couple of company events. So mm -hmm. as comedians, we might go to a company party and do our jokes there. And that's kind of death in your artistic heart. But you know, if you do it just enough, you can just get enough or maybe a few voiceovers here and there or yeah. write a script here and there mm -hmm. or something. And if you can just nudge them up to that thing where they no longer need the shitty job. Right. And there's even at one stage, one of my guys worked at a cinema. He was like a projectionist or mm -hmm. doing some shit in the back room. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are you working at the cinema? What's, you know, he's like, actually, it gives me the free space because it's not a very difficult job. Yeah. You know, he could walk around and he wasn't really hassled and all that. And then eventually, you know, money came into face like, yeah. fuck this shit. I think that's kind of why I've taken to English teaching is because mm. for the most part, it's it hinges on my ability to talk to people. Okay. Which... Um, I, I don't think there are a lot of things I do well, <laughs> uh, but I think that's one of them. It's the, okay, it's that whole part of it. Yeah, show, and just despite the fact, like a lot of people, some people didn't even believe I was from Louisiana. Because, well, why don't you have one of those goofy-ass fucking accents? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I just think over the years, and I think a lot of this comes from when I was a kid, just watching too many cartoons. Yeah. And I spent more, instead of like emulating the people around me, I was emulating the shit I saw on TV. Yeah. Uh, which is like one of the reasons why I have this like really generic way of speaking um, Which a lot of people when they're studying English really appreciate mm -hmm. because it's very clear what I'm saying right. I have also scrubbed off my Australian accent for the most part. Yeah. get me get me with some other Aussies. Oh, yeah, man, I fucking hey. <laughs> But typically I feel like it's the least the least 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 thing I could do was that if you're gonna have to speak English to me the least I can do is speak clearly yeah. to you. So I'm, whatever, like, and I'm kind of the same way when I go home. I'm kind of like, okay, if I, fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. A, boy, <laughs> fucking, you know, that kind of shit. Um, yeah, but I, I've kind of taken to uh, English, which, I mean, mm. it would be great to like not need a, a Joe job, but 
Uh, I really kind of need one to maintain a visa in this country. Ah, now that's an interesting one. So it's yeah. not just about, okay, sure, you're getting into voiceover work. Yeah. But there's a, well, for me too, I have to employ myself yeah. for a certain amount of money every month. I own a, I own the company. It's called Comedy Estonia. Yeah. Um, and I employ myself in that company. I have to pay myself about a thousand bucks a month or something. Mm -hmm. No, the average wage, which is 1,200 euros a month. Um, that's not a secret. That's just... Anyone who knows the visa law can work that shit out. Yeah. So yeah, right. I still need to do that. So you still have that as a consideration. Yeah, until right? I can apply for permanent residency. When's I... that? How long's that? Maybe in a few years. Okay. Yeah. Can we... God, I'm... I gotta piss. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Big time. Yeah. <laughs> I love what you're doing. And I think you're at a really interesting stage mm -hmm. where it's like, it's going to pop. And it's not, and that's not to be complacent. That's like, oh, look at me, yeah, I'm yeah, some yeah. fancy guy, right? It's like, no, you need to keep doing the yeah. work and keep getting into it. But if you keep doing it and being looking inside of yourself yeah. rather than like, oh, what does the world want? I think yeah. it's gonna pop. Well, I'd, I'd like for that to happen because I mean, part of why I would like, like, one of the reasons like I wish I was like a bigger YouTuber is so that I could like call attention like other people who are doing things nice. that I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, I don't know, like right now, like I don't begrudge anybody who is successful and making their money and doing their thing. Mm. That's cool, but there's like a lot of like shitty uh, <laughs> Guess what, there's a lot of shitty artists <laughs> out there making money in the world. Welcome yeah. to show business, yeah, yeah. baby. But yeah. not even so much that it's shitty, because sometimes you can appreciate things that are shitty just for, on some level. Sure. Um, so maybe shitty isn't the right word, but disingenuous, okay. I think, is worse than shitty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that is the worst. And so there's a lot of stuff on YouTube that is very genuine, but it's not, because it's so genuine, like, it's very niche, and so it's, like, not so popular. Mm. Um, so like I said, my, uh, my friend, the crazy maniac pro wrestler, you know, his, he's got a, a channel that is... I think it's fucking brilliant. And it's, it's like 4,000 subs or something like that. Okay. And barely ever makes videos. And I would just love to see like people like that get more eyes on them because they have all the potential in the world and they're really passionate about what they do. I think there are a lot of people on YouTube who have like talent to some degree but no passion. Mm. And so um while again i don't begrudge them for having what they have i think um it would be better if there were other people that do have a legitimate passion for what they're doing because that is what really endears you to things when sure. you can see that somebody's doing something because they really really love doing it it's like infectious like you feel that and it makes you want to do it too and so uh, that's one of the reasons like right now, like my channel is growing and I'm really appreciative of that, especially since I really didn't have any aspirations for it. Um, so just when something is growing, it, it, it grows your desire to do something, um, I don't know what the word is, but to do something better with it. Right? Okay, yeah, like sure, you, see the, you see the potential in it yeah. and you're like, okay, I can do something with this. Yeah. Um, but definitely, like, if I was ever to that level, like, some of the other channels that I, I watch, and especially some of the other channels that people bitch about to no, to no end, that have, like, half a million subscribers, all this kind of shit, if I was in their position, I, at least once a week, I would be, um, giving a rub to, to some other tiny little That's what it's about, helping, yeah, I mean. of course, helping, yeah. like, because it doesn't, 
bring you down. It only helps. Yeah, everybody. exactly. And uh, that's a good point you made because maybe some people feel like that. Maybe if I associate mm. myself with this person, they're not popular. You know, they're not making money. What is that going to do to my rep and stuff? And uh, I don't, I don't see it that way. Because yeah. it's fucking YouTube, and uh, you're all nerds and dorks, and yeah. you're not on, you're not celebrities, and you're not on TV. So why are you not making this as fun as it could possibly be? And why are you not helping other people out? Um, you know, I, I think that's maybe uh, one of the problems with YouTube is people I just fuck it, leave. <laughs> fuck the coasters. This is a look at this the surface of this table. It's fine. fine. It'll clean right fine up. Fine table. Um, but I, I don't. I never understand why people on YouTube get egos mm. because it's YouTube. It's for fucking. You're in your fucking bedroom or your game room <laughs> or your man cave or wherever the fuck you are, and you're talking about shit. No one, almost no one cares about. Mm. Even if you got a million subscribers, that's next to nothing compared to all the people there are in the world. No. So almost nobody gives a shit about anything you're doing. So uh, ego and YouTube don't go together. So I hopefully will never ever develop an ego about this kind of shit. And uh, if I ever get the chance, I'm gonna fucking pass the buck as much as I possibly can. I love it. It's a good attitude to have. I think uh, that will come back to repay you in the end. I fucking hope so. That's so far, so good. I've met some really, really excellent fucking people on YouTube. Some of them get hatred to like no fucking end. Um, young lady by the name of Destiny. Uh, she goes Destiny FOMO. Yes. Yeah, you made the video with her, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. She is just, uh, she's fantastic. She's mm. a wonderful, wonderful fucking person. Um, but she has, uh, she has titties, so, you know, she's fucking scamming the entire internet. But no, she just gets all this fucking shit from all these fucking clowns, and I'm like, god damn, dude, what's your problem? Like, I'm like, I, I like, I know this person personally. Like, yeah. I spent days hanging out with this person. Um, the shit she did, like, she's, she was just really, really fucking, she, like, appreciated so much that I was hanging out with her and showing her around that, like, she was adamant that she like just pay for everything like fucking dinner drinks you want this tea buy a t-shirt for you buy a fucking we went i took her heart off hunting with me she was like you're not paying for these games i'm buying these games you're gonna, wow, like she's just cool as fuck she's mm -hmm. cool as fuck and she's gifting me a uh, a nintendo switch because she knows i don't have any modern consoles Dang. so she was just like hey she sent me like these pictures of all these switches she has like all still in boxes and shit like different versions of it and stuff yeah. and she was like hey just pick one she was like i don't oh. you you need to switch and everything like that so like she's cool as fuck but like she's also trying to make some fucking money she's so. trying to do her fucking thing and one of her uh great advantages is she's a young attractive woman with incredible tits <laughs> destiny if you ever you're never gonna hear this but if you hear it <laughs> You, that but this is showbiz like we can't factor that out yeah we can't rely on that yeah but you can't factor that yeah. out either but she is someone and one of the things i hear thrown about her around about her so much is that oh she's fake there's someone behind the camera she's not a gamer and shit like that yeah. like no i was hanging out with this motherfucker like yeah. she knew exactly like she was like dropping money on neo geo games like it was no tomorrow like no, this motherfucker is a gamer. She's a cosplayer. She's the biggest fucking dork I know and stuff. It's just she's a giant dork inside of a hot chick's body. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for her. Because <laughs> like, they can't believe. Or fortunately, because if, maybe, yeah. maybe, I don't know. It depends like, on how right, you look at yeah, it. Like, but, yeah, you know, she's fucking on. But other people I know, fucking, again, Johnny Millennium, happy console gamer. Nicest yeah. person I've ever met in my life. Super supportive. Cool fucking guy. He's offered me... 
uh, room and board at his fucking house in fucking nice. in, in Vancouver for like a week or so just just because he's cool as fuck and people will say he's the biggest fucking shill on YouTube and he's fucking you know but some people they're just fucking hateful and mm. these are the people that take YouTube too fucking seriously I'm also a bit of a pro wrestling fan yeah sure and and these are the kinds of people that if if it was wrestling you would refer to them as marks. Okay. These are the fucking people that think this shit is real. Alright, okay. These are the fucking yeah. people that take it too fucking seriously and they take yeah. storylines and then they, they hate you because of the storyline or something like that. Mm. Like, they're too fucking into it. Yeah. You're, you're a fucking dork. You need to back up a little bit, get some perspective because these are people on YouTube that are trying to fucking make their videos. Some of them, in some cases, are trying to make some money and I don't begrudge anybody Ch for trying, a living. Come on. trying to make your paper, baby. Like, how much money do you think we're all making off this YouTube yeah. thing? I'm not making it. Like, how much? Really? Like I'm making fuck all. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, the, the genuinely cool people I've met on YouTube are an inspiration enough, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm ha that's one of the things that makes it worth doing it, is that you meet these people and they're cool as fuck. And, I don't know, I can't I can't even go down the list of all the cool-ass fucking people. I've, like I said, I know people that are, like, they work at game companies, they're game developers even, they're fucking musicians, and just all this fucking shit. People from all over the fucking world because of this shit. Like, I get messages pretty frequently from people similar to you that are like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be staying in Tokyo, I wanna hang out. And people from like fucking the US, from fucking Scotland, Canada, all over the fucking world. And uh, that's... I don't know, one of the best things about it is you just get to, like, fucking meet people. Because it's not TV, it's not movies and yeah. shit like that. I don't like people that try to treat it like it is. Because it's not. Yeah. You're not that thing. You're just a person with a camera doing shit on... Anybody could fucking do what you do. So you can't have an ego about it. But that's maybe the coolest fucking thing ever. Is that because I did these stupid little fucking videos... Um, yeah, I've met a whole shit ton of people that I still, I still know and hang out with and talk to to this day. So it's pretty sweet. That is a very nice. Oh, there goes your coaster. <laughs> that is a very nice attitude to have. Okay, well, I think let's. Uh, that's a good thought to wrap this podcast up on. Fucking it. I think you've ran up, Jim. Thank you very much for talking to me, man. Well, I appreciate the time. Uh, uh, yeah, again, I'm a random guy. No one outside of the Republic of Estonia yeah. is gonna hear this video, but I appreciate that you would still sit down hey, and talk. Everybody's with me. a random guy until you get to know. Him. Very nice, man. All right. Thank you very much, dude. Thank you.